often complained that the Justice Department wasn't doing enough to investigate claims of widespread voter fraud. During a hearing of the January 6th House Committee, Rosen said Trump told him to publicly say the election was corrupt and then just leave the rest to Trump and Republican allies in Congress. Former acting Deputy Attorney General Richard Donahue testified he repeatedly told Trump his claims were baseless and without merit. Rosen and Donahue were promoted after the resignation of Attorney General Bill Barr, who told Trump the claims of a stolen election were BS. Rosen also testified he rebuffed numerous questions from former President Trump and surrogates about seizing voting machines after the election, saying there were no was no rationale to yeah. attempt to seize any voting machines. He also cited questionable legal authority. Rosen and two former deputies have also talked about having to bat down numerous conspiracy theories involved the election results and federal agents reportedly raided the home of former trump justice department official jeffrey clark it's not known what they were looking for clark is a former assistant attorney general also on the radar of the january 6th committee clark was allegedly involved in efforts within the justice department to push the claims of widespread voter fraud yeah wasn't he one of the guys who was like a trump guy that trump was trying to replace somebody else with like Somebody said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's actually yeah. illegal. And then he's like, all right, well, we'll get this guy in there. Yes. It was just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the testimony <laughs> yesterday was pretty shocking. So police say someone is leaving tax along the Panhandle Trail in the South Hills. The Washington County Sheriff's Office took their first official report on the issue Wednesday. Multiple bicycle riders have reported getting flat tires in the area over the last week. Authorities are urging anyone who sees anything sharp on the trail to help prevent potential injuries by reporting it to police. Well, plant experts are warning Pennsylvania residents of this year's crop of poison hemlock. The invasive toxic plant is growing along highways and other areas across the state. Uh, state poison hemlock has small white flowers with a purple spotted stem and can reach up to six feet tall. Experts advise homeowners who find the plant on their property to dig it up with a shovel and dispose of it. But make sure you wear long sleeves pants and gloves oh okay i gotta get rid of all of it so yeah you gotta get rid of all of it so will it kill me uh well i don't know but <laughs> they don't say you have to wear oh, it's a mask a gas hemlock? mask or anything Poison i have no hemlock. idea she's saying if you find it on your property you got to dig it up and get it out of there immediately was well, like it's like a it was like a good fellow's body. Yeah, I know. It's like you could put it in the trunk and drive it off and put it in a hole somewhere in the woods. Yeah. I don't know. Well, during a recent minor league basketball game, a referee collapsed from a heart attack and one of the players sprung into action to save his life. When referee John Schooley collapsed, the basketball player Miles Copeland of Toledo Glass City took charge and administered CPR for over 10 minutes until first responders arrived. By the time the ref was being wheeled away on a stretcher, he was alert and talking. And while there's nothing fun or positive about having a heart attack, the referee, at the very least, had good timing. That's because Miles isn't just a basketball player. He is also a firefighter. He said, I run toward emergencies. I don't run away from them. Uh, The quick response helped save the referee's life. He will need a heart procedure, but is expected to be back refing next season. After Miles administered CPR and things were under control, 
he got back on the court and helped his team mm-hmm. win the playoff oh, game. Oh, wow. So. Did you day. ever see anybody have a heart attack? Like, no. It's mm-hmm. scary as F. I can't imagine. Uh, mostly for the person having the heart attack. Well, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm the victim for having <laughs> viewed Witnessed it. it. Yeah. But I was at the gym one time and a guy fell off the elliptical next to me and started like convulsing. Mm hmm. And like you could see, he like peed down his leg. You like immediately. Yeah, you're like, you're like, what is happening? And so like I yelled downstairs, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I, it looked like he was having a seizure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people from the gym they went and got the defibrillator panels. Mm-hmm. And this dude who's like this jacked, like in the gym all day guy, mm-hmm. walks over and like takes control of the situation, administers like CPR, basically saves the guy's life. And then goes back to his workout. Ambulance comes, takes him. Guy's mm-hmm. fine. I see him at the gym like a week later. But the guy who saved his life, I'm like in awe of how he just went and did that and then just went back and worked out, right? Like, because I'd have been yeah, like, of hey, guys, I'm going to go and tell everybody what he did. I'll be back later. <laughs> right. So I see him in the locker room later on. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I just want to say that was just super awesome. So impressed. By the way, you did that. I, I was just, you know, that was, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or something, you know, worse to that effect. And he, he like looked up at me like I was bothering him. He's like, <laughs> get away from me. And I'm like, okay, uh, now mm-hmm. I hate you and uh, <laughs> F off. I, I mean, look, I wasn't like naked or anything at the time. I could have seen like <laughs> if I was like sitting there like right. dangling in front of him. That like, was so great. Hey man, you, you were did. so great earlier. This is awkward. Right. And he wasn't naked either because I know not to talk to people when they're naked. I learned that long ago. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. It would have been funny if you'd have been like, that was so awesome what you did back there. And you'd be like, what, saving that guy's life? Like, Oh no! I was talking about your shrugs. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I was really impressed. I've never seen anybody shrug that much. Killer form. Or if I were to criticize him, hey, I just want to say that thing you did back there—you could have done a little better. Now here's uh, here's the thing: you got to straighten your back. Yeah, when you do it, your form on CPR was really bad. <laughs> have you heard about the he's a ten game that's trending online? Yeah. Yeah, she's a ten. Yeah, or she's a it's, ten. It, yeah, Either guys way. and girls both do it. All right. uh, it is all over TikTok right now. It's a game you play with your friends where you say he's a ten or she's a ten, and then you name a bad thing about them, and the other person has to say <laughs> how low their rating drops because it's of funny. it. So he's a ten, but he wears shoes in the pool, so now he's a four. <laughs> shoes in the pool, like or, aqua socks. <laughs> I no. hope they're aqua socks no, and not just like regular crick shoes. Crick shoes. Or oh, you can no. do it in reverse. Like he's a five, but always lets you choose what to watch on television. So now he's an eight. Uh, of course, it's silly it and takes. not about real people, but some are very specific. Like he's a 10, but he only goes up and down stairs on all fours. Uh, some <laughs> other ones are he's a 10, but has a picture of himself as a screensaver. She's a 10, but she claps when the plane lands. I don't find anything wrong with that. <laughs> he's Still a, a 10. He's a 10, but he's never flossed. Uh, and finally, they're a 10, but they put their milk in the bowl before the cereal. Uh, there are oh. quite a few that oh, got started monsters. with a two. mildly popular TikTok poster. Uh, put a video up a few weeks ago, and then other people just started jumping on board. So it is the number one trending thing on TikTok right now. You've clapped. Uh, for a plane landing before, right? 
I think so, but only if it was a very rough plane yeah, and other turbulent. people clapped. Yeah. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I've definitely been on a couple flights where people are like, oh, thank God, and clapped. Like, kind of like, whoo, well done. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That does feel dumb. It's like clapping at the end of a movie. Like, who are we clapping for? Right. The person I've who I've definitely wrote, done there. that. Yeah. Especially, with, like, almost every movie I've ever gone to with my kids, we clap at the end. Sure. Clap at the end of a roller coaster. Who's that for? Who's the clapping for? I guess us. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, we're having fun, aren't that we? That energy. We're release. having a great time. I just remember when I was a kid, one of my mom's friends went and saw E.T. And she was just couldn't get over that the theater erupted in applause. Mm. And she just kept going, who are we clapping for? She like, She's telling my mom, like, having e. coffee. She's like, I don't get it. Like, do we always clap in movies, or is this is this a new thing? Oh gosh, I couldn't have clapped. I was weeping at ET at the end of ET. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty sad. Well, when Schindler didn't pick him, I mean, wait, I wait, think I think you're I, mixing movies. Oh, yeah, possibly. In music news, <laughs> Whitesnake are on their farewell tour of Europe with the band Europe opening for them. And one thing has become a cause of concern for the band's fans. Guitarist and Pittsburgher Reb Beach, a 19-year veteran of the band, has missed the last four shows on the track, including one Tuesday in Zurich. There have been a couple of messages on social media from the band's other guitarist, Joel Hextra, who wrote following the June 14th show in Prague. A little last-minute stress as Reb Beach was under the weather and I had to cover his solos. Reb's last tweet was from Estonia on June 7th. On Wednesday, Hextra gave an update to a fan writing, hopefully Rebel returns immediately. Nobody misses him more than me. Uh, Whitesnake will be uh, playing other uh, dates coming up this weekend. Uh, it's not known whether Beach will be back with them for the shows. Feel better, Reb. Yep. Uh Chad Taylor no longer a part of live in an Instagram post by frontman Ed Kowalczyk. Uh, he revealed the founding guitarist has been fired from the band. He also said the other original members are not speaking to each other, so performing doesn't seem to be in the near future. He mentioned if he tried to go solo, there's a chance he'll get sued again. Kowalczyk was sued by his bandmates in 2009 after he left live. Eventually, he returned to the band in 2016. Finally, actor Ezra Miller is allegedly housing three toddlers ages one to five and their mother on his Vermont farm. The children's father is now worried for their safety due to unattended firearms in the house and alleged marijuana use around the kids. Video from April showed at least eight various guns lying around the living room, some propped up on stuffed animals. The father alleges he didn't know the kid's mom was taking them out of state with Miller and hasn't been able to get in touch with them since March. Miller is currently facing several allegations of grooming children and was arrested twice in less than a month in Hawaii. If you don't know who he is, he played the Flash in the DC He's Comics movies. Dude's creepy. Oh, man. I think he might be a little mentally ill also. Possibly. Mm -hmm. Uh, sunny mid-80s for the high today. It is 61 at DVE. All right. Uh, coming up a little bit later on this morning, Sean Collier will be joining us with uh, movie reviews for you on this Friday of what hopefully will be a beautiful weekend. Also, we'll talk to our friend, the mayor, Sean Casey. That'll be coming up at 845. Bill, did you you went down to the uh, summer solstice party last night, right? I did. Wow. I did. So the first time you've been to that? I'm still wet. Um, yes. First time. It's hilarious, isn't it? It is. It's insane. Like, it's not... I thought it was a mist that was going to happen. No. Like, he was describing, you know, the garden hoses 
that basically have like pre yeah the holes made in holes in yeah. them. That's not what it is at uh, all. No, no, it's full blown raining inside for thirty minutes at a time. Yes, <laughs> everybody in there is completely and totally soaked. It's so funny. They have four hoses back behind the bar. Yeah. That they also just open fire on the entire crowd. Mm-hmm. When you like they'll see somebody standing underneath a hot yeah. spot and go over and turn it on and just crush them. And just blow them up. Yeah. So then there's beach balls flying around. I I, I went uh with Joe our producer, and it was so ridiculous. I wanted to just get the vibe and just see what it was like. I get down there. It's still sunlight. It's still daylight out. You know, like... It, yeah. Well, it, it doesn't get dark till 9. Yeah. Right. So I get down there about 8.30, and I go in, and Joe parked, you know, in um, Southside. Right. And, uh, like, the very beginning of Southside, I guess, and walked over there and by the time he got there there was a ridiculous line all the oh, way down the street really because they're already completely at capacity yeah it's not that big and i go over and find rob and i'm like rob can you please yeah. let our producer joe in and he's like yeah tell him to um walk to the door by the dumpster in the alley and i'm like <laughs> texting joe and he's like you know what just tell him to come to the front and so he comes to the front, he comes in, and I'm just like, this is complete chaos in here. Like, lasers, beach balls flying oh, yeah. around, fog machines, it's raining hard. Like, it's, the floor is metal, and there are huge puddles. Yes. Every couple of feet. Yes. People are jumping and splashing in them. Oh, yeah. And I've people have squirt guns. People have sippy cups that they bought. Yes. So that they could drink alcohol without it getting drenched by water hose down. water from the ceiling. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just have never experienced anything like that. Uh, uh, so completely and totally drenched within the first five minutes. No, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what did you think? I um, mean, it was a blast. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Uh, when, when we left... I uh, saw the people that I was standing around with in line had still not gotten in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we were there for like a good, what, Bill, like hour and a half, two hours? Hour 20, hour and a half, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, beyond that, I was like, I'm wrinkly and soggy. <laughs> and I'm withered. Everything is wet. Like, my money is oh, completely underwear. soaked. Oh, I, I wore a bathing suit. Oh, well, that's Yeah, fine. you have to. Because you yeah. just get soaked. Like, yeah. to the bone. Can't be in regular clothes. No. Although some people were. Like, some people were in jeans, <laughs> which I just couldn't understand. There's drums hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. I And, I, you know, Joe is a drummer. I go, Joe, grab the sticks and just be a hero for one moment. Not a chance. He was like, no way. <laughs> no way. And so then, you know, a drunk girl would come up. With one stick and just like, boom, boom, Yeah, she doesn't care. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, Joe, come on, show them how it's done. Joe's like, I got too much integrity as a musician. (laughs) (laughs) I won't do it. That's so fun. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad that we had Rob on yesterday and glad you guys got a chance to see that. It is truly, it's one of the most unique parties I've ever been to. And, you know, you say party. It's it's a bar, but it's a theme night at the bar. And yeah. 
Nobody does it like Bar 11 in the South Side. Oh, it is so just fun. a blast. I was blown away. I honestly didn't think it was going to be as crowded. I guess as popular as it was. Like when we left, the line was stretching down the rest of I think it's like Bradish Street where it is. Yeah. And maybe even wrap around the corner. I don't know. It was just, I mean, there, oh, def- yeah. there were definitely people standing in line that probably didn't get in at like 10 o'clock at night. Because w- once it hits yeah. a certain point, it's people have to come out for anybody to come right. in. So you're waiting probably till midnight to get in if you're at the end of that line. Yeah. Well, good thing you got down there early. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the veteran move. To wow. start early and then leave early. <laughs> yeah. There were people wearing uh, rain jackets, like windbreakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I initially thought, like, man, that's pretty smart. I should have done that. But it was so humid and hot in there. It's like, if, if you were wearing that, you'd be cooking inside a Columbia jacket. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you'd be drenched bag. in sweat. Yeah. You'd see why you can't do that in the midst of a raging pandemic when numbers are going out you know luckily numbers in Allegheny County have been going down and things are pretty smooth out right now but not exactly a uh, sanitary situation there you're just agreeing (laughs) to go in and be gross yeah yeah pretty much I mean Joe said that last night at some point he goes dude there's so much COVID in here right now I go oh they're at COVID capacity no they're not (laughs) there can't be any more COVID in until some COVID comes out There's a line of COVID down the block. <laughs> the umbrellas that uh, Rob was talking about, they have like these little umbrellas set up, and then there's like a spigot. It's it's a garden hose underneath the umbrella. Oh, yeah. Taped <laughs> around. So like, the lover is like taped. The handle's taped down, and they just like turn it on and off, and it's just oh, like full blast. Yeah, that, that, that is, cracked me up. I thought that was hilarious. The production of it is not extravagant. It's not an expensive deal. They don't spend a lot of money to make it happen. It's very uh, by hook or by crook, you know? Like, oh, and, and they're having water fights in the bar. Oh, like, yeah. Rob is grabbing the garden hose yeah. behind the bar, <laughs> squirting the guys who are taking people's IDs yeah. outside. Yeah. They're squirting inside. People are getting caught in the crossfire. So- I said to Joe, I said, look down at the end of the bar. You couldn't see past five feet because of the fog. <laughs> <laughs> There's lasers like it's a so J-Lo fun. video. I mean, it was just nuts. The most fun. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, bar 11 is always like that. And somehow they'll be cleaned up and ready to go tonight by eight o'clock. I don't know how. I, like, how is everything in there not dilapidated and molded? It's so weird. Every yeah. year they do it every year. It's crazy. All right. Let's do a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Pursuit will have your sports on the DV morning show. From the Bridgeville Appliance Weather Center. Bridgeville Appliance is hiring now. Inquire at bridgevilleappliance.com. This report is sponsored by Century3Chevrolet.com. Sports this hour brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Uh, O'Neill Cruz making more history and the Pirates winning another game yesterday afternoon at PNC Park. The fourth and series finale against the Cubs turned into a wild affair late. The Pirates were up 6-2 to two after seven innings. They were down 7-6 to six after the top of the eighth. The game was tied 7-7 seven to seven going into the ninth and the Buccos win it. In the 10th, and the first baseman, Michael Chavis, all over this one. He hit his seventh home run of the season in the eighth inning. That tied the game at 7-7. Chavis then threw out the Cubs' Patrick Wisdom at home in the top of the 10th on a ground ball to first. And then in the bottom of the 10th, he singles in Cabrian Hayes for the game-winning run. The Bucks take three out of four from the Cubs. They're 29-40 and overall this season. Onel Cruz. O'Neill Cruz, excuse me, not a huge day at the plate. One for four with runs scored, but he also had another RBI 
That makes uh, at least one of those in each of his first six career big league games, two at the end of last season and four this season. The last guy to drive home a run in each of his first six major league games, George Shuba, the Brooklyn Dodgers, in 1948. The only other guy who has done that in major league history, or at least since RBIs became an official stat in 1920, Dale Alexander of the Tigers in 1929. It's been fun stuff with uh, O'Neill Cruz. Crazy. So what an explosion. Finding a way to, to put his fingerprints on the game. But uh, yesterday, more of a Michael Chavis day. Uh, Pirates now move on to Tampa Bay. Uh, the first of three against the Rays tonight. Mitch Keller, 2-5 and five, with a 4.72 ERA. He'll be opposed by Jeffrey Springs, 3-2, and 2.00. For Tampa and uh, that Cubs series, guys, if nothing else, the Pirates have, have temporarily at least solidified their hold on third place in the NL Central. Uh, they've now got a three and a half game lead on Chicago for third place. Bucks are nine and a half behind uh, the division leading Cardinals and Brewers at 29 and 40. Get the banners ready. <laughs> hey, 29 and 40 is not horrifically bad. It's bad, though. It's bad, <laughs> but. Could be worse. The bar probably. is low. <laughs> probably will be by the end of the year, but enjoy it while it lasts, Bucko fans. Uh, Stanley Cup final, Game 5 tonight in Colorado. And yesterday, uh, some reaction to the perceived controversy uh, regarding the way Game 4 ended. Should uh, the Colorado Avalanche have been penalized for too many men on the ice, as John Cooper contended in the immediate aftermath of Colorado's uh, Overtime triumph, three to two overtime triumph. Jared Bednar, the Avalanche coach, says no. "Quote: I thought it was nothing. Honestly, that's part of the game. It's a fluid game. You're changing on the fly. Everything happens. You look at the clip. You back up the clip. I did that multiple times just to see what they were talking about. And Tampa's got two guys jumping on with their D coming off the ice from a zone away. I count seven to six at one point. He means players on mm-hmm. the ice, and he's right." Uh, Continuing the quote, so that's what it is. That's the way the game is played. I don't see it as a break or no break. I actually see it as nothing. And I got to tell you, I'm with him. I, It didn't look suspicious to me. It didn't look funny to me. And John Cooper maintained again yesterday that Colorado somehow got an advantage out of that, the way the play developed. Uh, Nazem Kadri went one-on-two. And he, he went by Ryan McDonough, and he went by Igor Sergachev. And then he unleashed an unbelievably great shot against the best goalie in the world and he scored. End of story. Yep. I mean, that's really the way to break it down right there. You know, despite a perceived man advantage, he ha- didn't, he was, you know, outmanned. He was, he was yeah. outmanned and uh, made an incredible shot against one of the all-time greats. So, I mean, I don't know where he's a pretty good player. He's got a little bit of an edge uh, reputationally. I don't know where his career's going, but if they ever make a statue of him somewhere, that's the statue. Yeah, that's right. it. It's not going to be. Oh, look how lucky they got because they had too many men. Uh, Colorado also trying to do something that uh, has not often been done. In fact, since 1987, only one team has finished off a playoffs with fewer than four losses. 1988, Edmonton Oilers went 16 and two. Colorado's trying to go 16-3 and by finishing off the Lightning tonight. A uh, little Steelers news. Uh, Ian Rappaport of uh, the NFL Network and NFL.com reporting that one-year deal that uh, was signed by defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi is worth up to $8 million with incentives. 
It's a great and, contract. Uh, yeah, kind of in line with what you thought. If Look at now, Sue, uh, Indomitian Sue might get a little more money, but I don't think a whole lot much more if he signs a one-year deal. But uh, one year, 10 or under for a guy like that to me is value, particularly when you need defensive linemen as badly as the Steelers did before they signed Larry Ogunjobi. And uh, according to SpotTrack.com, Kenny Pickett's uh, rookie contract that he signed yesterday, four years, just over $14 million with, of course, the club option for the 15th year. And, guys, you got to love uh, rookie quarterback contracts. His base salary for this uh, upcoming season, $705,000. That's when you, you can, can go out and put a team together. Yeah, let's just assume for a minute that Pickett wins the job somehow or, you know, by early in the year, he's the starting quarterback. His four-year base uh, numbers, 705000 1.34 million, 1.98 million, and 2.62 million. Yeah, but you are in the catbird seat. I mean, look, look at Patrick Mahomes' second contract. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that changes everything in oh, terms yeah. of what you could, that's why you don't have Tyreek Hill anymore if you're Kansas City. Yeah. Baltimore got- still hasn't figured out what they're doing because they're going to have to pay Lamar and he's not happy. And now all of a sudden, here comes training camp. Yeah, and if it is uh, Mitch Trubisky, it's not like he's making Patrick Mahomes money. No, he's making Okanjobi money. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually not even making that. Yeah, no. it, it's not even. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's like three million less than that, isn't it? They're gonna win the Super Bowl this year, guys. They're gonna pay a backup defensive tackle more than the starting quarterback. <laughs> God bless America. Mike, proceed with your sports. Val's got news coming up at the top of the hour. Valerie, what are you talking about? I'm gonna tell you the best ways to get inside someone's head. Okay, head. Uh, Sean Collier later this morning reviewing the new Elvis movie. Are you gonna see it? You know, Boz Lerman is a weirdo, and I I mean that very affectionately. Um I have a hard time with just how distorted his take on everything is. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be weird to hear like a Lizzo song in the middle of an Elvis movie. Yeah. So I'm not against this, but I really wanted to see an accurate biopic of Elvis. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of memes going around on the internet of how the guy, the kid who plays Elvis, all of a sudden thinks he's Elvis now. Like in, in the real way life? that he talks. Yeah. Like that's awesome. <laughs> He just hasn't come down off of the Elvis voice. Well, uh, Mama made me some nanner sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, sorry I'm late for this interview. All right. Coming up, Sean Collier, Sean Casey, and a whole lot more TV. Too many cooks in the kitchen has just never really been a problem for her. You got a tune for Through the month of June. Next Friday is July 1st. Come on. Where'd June go? Make it stop. For crying out loud, I will say this morning is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the sunrise over this hill is beautiful, spectacular. That's one good thing. Nice little chill in the air. Yeah, it's beautiful. So get out there and enjoy the morning before, like, uh, whatever it becomes like. Uh, it's not supposed to be too bad today. Ozone Ranger Day or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> no, no, not supposed to be humid. So. All right, well, that's good. It does feel weird when it's like nice out and it's sunny in Pittsburgh and you can't go outside. It's a cruel little trick that Pittsburgh plays because, you know, we don't get too many days of sun. And then it's like, it's sunny, but you can't go outside Mm -hmm. because the air is toxic. Uh, Luckily, that won't be the case. So go and enjoy. 
Won't be too bad. Still a little hotter than I'd like it to be. I thought like the beginning of summer it was like 75. Maybe. 73. Well, we had 74. a few of those days. Yeah, not so many anymore. It's all out the window. So, as we ponder the uh, the earth slowly melting all of us, Amazon's developing a new feature for Alexa that will allow you to speak to deceased people for like one minute. Like, you can record... They're busy? Or what's, <laughs> why only a minute? Like, you... It reads voicemails and other information you get. So you feed this algorithm with audio clips. Oh, I've heard We about talked this. about doing this with my dad because yeah. we have so many recordings of my dad saying mm-hmm. dumb stuff. We're like, it would be hilarious if we just dumped it into one of those things and like created an AI. Because he, like, we know what he said. You could create a soundboard and I know what his response. It's like, you know, when Pursuit is going for the rectum joke. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like. You know when my dad would, uh, how he would respond, so we like joked about having a button bar that we could just like, you know, this Fire. is what he would say. Yeah, kind of like one of those. Uh, the dolls? The C, yeah, right, you yeah. Pull the cord. Pull the cord. And, <laughs> but this is something a little more uh, advanced, and Amazon is touting it as a way to make memories last, which immediately conjures up the Black Mirror episode, um, be, be Right Back. I don't know if you remember this one. Did you watch Black Mirror? When a few episodes. There's one where there's like this young couple and the husband dies in a car crash and uh, the wife orders a robot basically that is designed to look like her husband and it like feet, it slowly gets more and more and more. Like at first it's like nothing like him Mm -hmm. and then slowly it becomes him almost perfectly and just how weird of a conundrum that would be. And I think that we are barreling towards this store, this kind of weird future so much quicker than anybody could imagine. When you watch that show originally, you're like, oh, that's creepy. Imagine that. In the same way that you'd watch, you know, Blade Runner back in the day and be like, oh, wow, weird dystopian fascist future. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Mm, we're almost there. Amazon saying this is a way to make memories last. And they suggest that a child could ask Alexa to give grandma uh, a chance to finish reading them The Wizard of Oz. And Alexa would immediately adjust to the voice of its grandmother, of the, of the kid's grandmother, and start like reading. So, like, you'd be like, you could just yell at Amazon, or uh, Alexa, rather, to change its voice. Be grandma. Be grandma. And it would be. That's wild. Yeah. It's it's sort of like, you know, the deep fake videos. This same technology is now being used for voice. Mm-hmm. You add enough dictation into the system to have it figure out your tone. Right. So that it can say any word. Like, I think you have to fill it with a certain amount, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I, I forget how long it takes to for this system to figure mm-hmm. out the algorithm of your voice and yeah. all its cadences. Right. And then it can just talk as you. See, what I, the reason I would this like. This could never be used for evil, just for your grandparents. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but on the not evil front, the reason I wanted to dump my dad's, like, voice into one of these things and have it come back so that I could turn it into a different version of my dad that would be, like, politically correct. <laughs> Just because of how funny it would be to like yeah. hear him like, you know, you never you should never call a waitress sweetheart or something like that. You know, like um, uh, the only thing we have is cake and ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With his favorite X-rated <laughs> phrase, which still makes no sense to me. And we're all out of cake. I'm, but know. ice cream's still good, right? Yeah. Dad, what do you think of Japanese people? They never hog the slot machines. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the weirdest racist thing he always he always had. He's like, I'll tell you, the Japanese people come in and they take up all the slot machines. I'm like, what? What does that even mean? He's like, they they put they put money in that one and then they put money in that one and they're running three at a time. He's oh. like, it's unfair. He used to get so mad about that. <laughs> I thought he meant like. Just armies came in of people. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. It's he, one person using five slot machines. They're all yeah. wearing okay. the same T-shirt. Yeah, they're basically. It's like you see those people in the park that are playing chess. You know, like on a bunch of different chess yeah. tables at the same time. That was my dad's theory of why he wasn't winning at slot machines. Is because he thought Japanese <laughs> people were. T- I don't, dude. I, my he's dead. He you can't cancel him. And we all thought he was crazy for saying it, but he used it all the time. He, he'd like walk into a casino and be like, oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> what does that even mean? It, it, but it seems like it was such a practical thing for him. Like it wasn't any actual hatred. It was right. this is unfair. <laughs> they have an advantage. <laughs> also, I wor- stick to my own machine. World War Two babies have a much different outlook on uh, those kinds of things than than I think we do, who are, you know, we're, of course, much more enlightened. But it would be funny to have my dad just saying all kinds of woke things. It would be so effing funny. Have you heard the new Lizzo album? (laughs) Boy, it's terrific. And good for her. Proud of her body. He came around on a lot of stuff. You know, when you get older, that happens. My mom and my dad both, like, I think, like most of society... There was like an air of homophobia about them. And my dad, my mom full on went to like, you know, gay aunt, like but gay you grandma. Have, you have a gay family member, right? A few. Yeah. yeah. More so than a that, few. That changes things. Totally changed my yeah. mom. It, and my and da- if it's somebody they like, if it's somebody they don't like. Exactly. Look, I knew it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, See? But, but my, <laughs> but, but my mom, like her two favorite yes. nephews. And yeah. so she turned into the most woke grandma ever, you know, many, many years ago. But my dad trans, uh, like sort of like transitioned from like being like, you know, the Archie Bunker bigot to being like somebody who thought like, Hey, I can joke with him about it. So it's fine. So he would like, <laughs> Like constantly do gay jokes to like our cousins who are gay, and, and he's like, "It's no. okay because I don't care, right?" You know, and eventually, be like, hey, you gotta lighten up on those, you know, like go easy so on funny, like and the most baseline gay jokes all the time too, <laughs> like you know when you you can see and eat just you know just the low hanging fruit, he would see it and chop it down immediately all the time. But I think that people that was his way though of saying like I don't care, I'm okay with yeah. it, yeah. I think people don't get as angry with older people who are politically incorrect because, like Bill said, you know when somebody's full of hate. Yeah. And there's a difference between... Totally different. Right. I completely agree. It's like, oh, oh, all right. And there's, there's a degree of that, too, that comes along with... What's happening now with the the outrage about people having trans jokes? It's not that comics are trying to punch down on the trans community. It is one of some the, are. It's one of the biggest topics that's out there. Yes, and so of course comics are going to talk about it, like Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle or whoever. And part of how things come into the culture is like. It has to run through that gauntlet of being made fun of until it's the thing that isn't made fun of anymore. Yeah. Because it's been through the the hazing process. 
Yeah, I and people don't see it that way now. It like because context is everything. In the past, it used to be that you would say something in the guise of a comedy club, or not in the guise in the confines of a comedy club, and people understood going in there that they were going to hear things in a comedy club, and so they would they were also they couldn't record it and transmit it outside of the comedy club, right? And but it would be contextualized as somebody who was willing to hear this point of view, and not necessarily maybe think that that meant. I am going to be transformed into a ball of hate or I will use this to confirm my already strong held beliefs that uh, this is a lower echelon society of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas now when you say something, it's like when you listen to this radio show, you have an expectation of, all right, well, they're just goofs. They're idiots. Right. <laughs> right. But but anything we say can then be thrown into the internet, which now has a completely different context of people who are not listening yes, to this. And then you are judged on the same level as every other form of discourse. And that's not supposed to be, we're not shooting for that. That's not fair. <laughs> well, I don't care if we get criticized. I'm just saying this is why everyone is getting criticized because people are hearing things they don't want to hear because they never walked into that building to hear it. Now we're all in the same building all the time. Social media. Yes. Does and, that make sense? Yes. yes. And there's this this weird thing, this sensibility that's popularized right now that people don't have to hear things they don't want to hear. Like they think, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that it. anymore. Well, okay. Don't watch it then. Yeah. Walk out of the club. Oh, you were never a fan of this person to begin with? Why are you in the conversation? Yeah, it's again, it is a very nuanced topic and we human beings do not do nuance very well. No, we're bad Especially in print, like on social media. Well, that's why anytime somebody asks to interview me for something, I always say, sure, email me questions. Yeah, because I want to see what it like. I don't want to say the wrong thing or goof. Up. I want to make sure that it's OK. Mike, is it, how do you feel about that as a journalist? I can't stand it. I've had that request done of me, and as a guy who's done thousands of interviews and taped them and had to transcribe them, my first response is, I'm not writing it down for you. Record it and go through the effort of listening to it again. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, to me, the, the best way to do an interview, and Randy, you know this exceptionally well because you're fantastic at it, you can have a list of questions, but you have to react to what they say. And sometimes that takes you in a completely different direction. Yeah. And sure. that's, and that's, that's where the good stuff is. So you got to have your antenna up and, and actually listen. Remember how Mike Tomlin was saying, I, I listen to my players. I don't wait till their lips stop moving. If, if it's all okay, just type in what you want to say. You, you lose that give and take. Yeah. And I'm usually talking it's... about music or something that doesn't matter, but in print, mm-hmm. it's a little tougher. When you're doing dialogue like live on the radio or television, something like that, I agree. You can't have, you know, if you have the questions beforehand, it's no good. Yeah. Plus, it makes it too easy on the guy writing the story. Yeah. Cause they <laughs> literally just make it easy. Copy and paste, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of, I thought of, you know, I'm helping you out here. I did the typing. Oh, it's- it's a big help. Eddie well, Ryder, no, you talk to you transcribing, big, transcribing the impetus, tape I mean. mm-hmm. is the worst thing in the world. Well, and that's where people will mistype something or translate something differently. And, uh, you know, people will say, oh, they took my words out of context, which is always hilarious. People say yeah. they took my, th- my, my words out of context incorrectly 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're saying. They're like, no, they didn't take them out of context. 
You just didn't like the way that it you said the wrong thing. You said the wrong thing. Anyways, before I say the wrong thing, let's go to a commercial mm-hmm. break. Val will have your news coming up. What are you talking about? We're going to talk about um, the way to get in someone's head and also, uh, guys, be careful about your porn watching. John Collier and Sean Casey. It's the Sean Sean morning coming up. TV. Double Sean. The first <laughs> inning is unpredictable, but you can place weight and how their eyes look are among the top things men mention that make them feel insecure. What? So I don't know if how your eyes look. Droopy eyes or yeah, maybe eyelid. Yeah, it could be a thing. I know somebody who had their eyelids done. Mm-hmm. It's apparently way more um, common, and some people are more prone to it. It's like bags. Some people mm-hmm. are prone to like big bags under their yeah. eyes, mm-hmm. and other people are are just not. I Which mean, are different than circles. Correct. I'm. I'm. When I'm, you see somebody with bags, you're like, oh, that's what bags under the no, they're, 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 they're bags. They're bags. And puppy. you should not say it out loud to their face. <laughs> bags. <laughs> Those are bags. <laughs> Hi. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Moly, 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 mole. <laughs> Did you remember that? Austin Powers, he's just pointing at the mole. He just can't oh. stop. Mole. Molly Mole. Would you like some guacamole? <laughs> See, why is that funny to me? But I watch the new uh, Mike Myers show on Netflix with the same kind of jokes, and I'm like, because <laughs> you've no. changed and the jokes well, haven't. Yeah, but I can watch the old joke and laugh. Yeah, because it's what made you it. laugh once before. It made me, yeah, it's like a nostalgic. Yeah, but sensibility. I, but it's not new anymore. Yeah, I I don't understand how. I, I don't understand how people don't tell Mike Myers like just get different people to do the roles. He he plays like every role in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's doing like ten different, it, and that must make production like uh, like last forever. It's got to be a pain in the ass to keep filming different people or, or the same person in mm-hmm. one scene instead of a bunch of different people and do two takes and you're done. Instead of well, we have to film this five different ways because he's every single character. <laughs> It's like Eddie Murphy did the yeah, clumps. The clumps. How many people have done that successfully? Eddie Murphy, Mike Myers, and that's it. Michael Keaton. Michael Good. Keaton in Multiplicity, which was yeah, great, yeah, movie. awesome movie. Um, didn't Tyler Perry do it? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I he know. plays Medea, and he I don't but know he, if he, he plays like a regular yeah, character in those movies as well. I've watched a couple of those, and he doesn't star in the movie. You have, yeah. I'm surprised. What's your favorite Tyler Perry movie? Oh, I I don't know. I don't really have one. I just, I'm sad that Jim Varney didn't live longer so we could have seen the Ernest (laughs) goes to Medea's house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ernest and Medea go to camp. Yeah. Come on. I don't know why I think it's so funny when men play women in movies like Tootsie or Medea. I think it's because of their impression of what they think women are are like. (laughs) Yeah. That's why everyone loved the kids in the hall because they would like do like an accurate. They, people would always say it's not a caricature, caricature of women. They're doing like a good job of portraying women, but most of the times, you know, it's yeah. a terrible voice. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's is just straight bad. When you oh. watch rewatch Tootsie, and it's been on a lot in the last couple of months for some reason, you forget first of all how big that movie was. It was 
huge. I mean, huge, enormous movie. But you watch it now, and the idea that anybody wouldn't call that guy out immediately. <laughs> he does not look right, like a woman. He's not pulling it off. And like Charles Durning's character falls in love with him. Yeah. You're like, eh, I, I, I don't think I can suspend disbelief for this. <laughs> well, we are talking about that older generation, and I know that like my grandfather, the first movie that he had seen that was ever like ever, we're all like is he gonna be okay with this was the birdcage oh and yeah in that movie you know which is dressing hilarious. up in it's so funny yes agador hank, spartacus agador spartacus <laughs> hank azaria is unbelievable he's so I don't good. like to wear the shoes because they make me fall down <laughs> <laughs> and gene hackman is a perfect oh, like you know villain kind terrific. of character in that and then he dresses up in drag at the end but that was part of television and movies for so long where you were asked to just believe if someone dressed like a woman that everyone in the television show or the movie thought they were a woman <laughs> instead of like you're obviously richie cunningham in a wig <laughs> like how did they not know that mrs doubtfire was their dad right yeah Come on. i mean you know if you saw your dad in a wig you right. would know yeah oh, hello. <laughs> dad come on <laughs> that is that is ridiculous dad, it wasn't even a different doing, guy it was dad. your dad Dad, do you want to talk about this, or is this just it what from now on? <laughs> We're a very accepting generation, Dad. It's fine. <laughs> Val's got your news right now. What's going on? Eight minutes after 7 a DVE, here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. Plenty of sunshine again today. We'll see even warmer temperatures, but humidity. Rated most trusted KeystoneBasementSystems.com. The Senate is sending onto the House the most sweeping gun reform legislation in nearly 30 years. Passed on Thursday, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act won the support of all 50 Democrats and 15 Republicans, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. It's expected to gain similar support in the House, although GOP leader Kevin McCarthy has come out against it. The NRA is also opposed to the measure, arguing it does little to truly address violent crime. Coronavirus vaccines saved millions of lives in the first year the shots were available, according to a new report. The British medical journal Lancet Infectious Diseases reported on Thursday vaccines saved 20 million lives around the world last year. More than 4.3 billion people have been immunized since the vaccines were first introduced in December of 2020. And the Pennsylvania Department of Health has reported a drop of about 8,000 COVID cases this week. As compared with seven days ago, there were a little over 12,000 additional cases this week. There were 1,025 people hospitalized, according to the latest report, with 109 in intensive care and 54 on ventilators across PA. And the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission says the Southern Beltway will be fully open this evening. That is just mm-hmm. south of us uh, here in Bridgeville, South Fayette. Sorry, uh, drivers have been using the section of freeway for the last eight months, but the road will now be accessible from I-79. Those using the tollway will also be able to exit onto Morganza Road near where Allegheny and Washington counties meet. I feel like this area south of us on 79 has been under construction oh, for. Yeah. Ever. Pursuit. It wasn't uh, wasn't Morganza the name of the uh, big boob lady who ran out on the baseball fields all the time and would kiss somebody. Morgana. Uh, Morgana. Okay. Officially, Morgana the kissing bandit. But yeah, <laughs> that's not acceptable anymore, huh? We're not into that. 
you would think they're in this TikTok culture, people would love somebody who just ran out sure. on the field, a well-endowed it's, woman running out there. <laughs> it actually is acceptable, but you can only do it in extra innings, and she has to start on second base. <laughs> <laughs> well, past the guac, a new study from Harvard found two servings of avocado per week can reduce your risk of heart disease. This is why I'm ensconced in avocado. When did the avocado come in? You know, Joey O'Connell queried that. Long ago, and it wasn't a bad question. It's, Researchers uh, taken over found that people who consumed two or more servings of avocado per week had a 16% lower risk of cardiovascular disease and a 21% lower risk of coronary heart disease. I do, I do enjoy some avocado. Don't get me wrong. I get that avocado toast is a little bougie, but uh, I like it's it. So it's good. pretty good. good. I, <laughs> First time I ate it because I swore I would never eat that snobby, it's trendy not, it's not. food. I'm like, I am never going to eat avocado toast. Mm-hmm. Then you eat it and you're like, and then I ate it and I felt like the scene in Bridesmaids where uh, Kristen Wiig oh, yeah. is drinking so the, good. so good, <laughs> drinking the lemonade. So tasty when so it like, hits oh, my lips. So, so good. So good. <laughs> I love it, man. Throw some cherry it tomatoes is. on there. Maybe a couple of radishes. Go oh, for yeah. it. Little oh, yeah. egg. Oh, oh, dude. If Little you put a fried egg. egg on there, forget it. Get the everything Damn. bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. Yeah. Sprinkle that Ooh, on Oh, yeah. There. That's a good move right there. Big fan. Little bit of lime squeezed on the top. Maybe some cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> it's already in the avocado, probably. Mm. What's in the avocado? Of course, that would be guac, then. Cilantro. It's not in avocado. No, no, no. In the avocado on the toast. Oh, I go straight out. No, I don't make guacamole. No. I put avocado yeah. on the toast. Straight. Like yeah. a, and do you, like a spread. Do you, do you smash it with a fork? I'll smash it. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what like level of ripeness it's at. And no food mocks me quite like the avocado, which stares you at me. You never know what's going goes, on inside You there. better use me. You better use me. Going to go yeah. bad. And you're like, oh, i got to f- figure out a reason to do it. And then you create an entire meal based around, I have to use the avocado. And you open that effer up, and it is gone. Anybody else uncomfortable with the size of the seed in that thing? Sometimes it feels no. like it's like... It's like, what is this, a, a ski ball? <laughs> occasionally. You know how to get that out, right? How do you get it out? You yell you at whack it. whack a knife in it. Oh. I didn't know you, you take a knife that. and you go whoop, right in the seed. And but every time, right out. Every time I see somebody do that, I'm afraid they're just going to take their thumb right off. <laughs> they using a hatchet? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you use like a big knife. <laughs> you got a cleaver. <laughs> I use Word this sword. Or <laughs> you have to be careful. But sometimes they are big. You get the hu- when they're the huge ones, the huge seeds yeah. in the middle. It's like elephantitis of the avocado. <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't leave you a lot of avocado meat there, you know? Like, is there anything else with a seed almost as big as the thing? Like, it's, a peach. It's huge. Peach seeds are pretty peach, big. Peach, yeah. peach bits. Yeah, peach bits are pretty big. Olives. It's mm. just, it's crazy. But I don't, yeah, I, I love them. Uh, but I, it's, it's hard to eat on a consistent basis because you don't know where the avocado is. Where is it? Is it super hard? Yeah. Like, the consistency. Oh, yeah, you got to give it a squeeze. And it's... Maturation, and, and or whatever. Can, if the darker they are, the more ripe they are. The darker the berry. Um, <laughs> sometimes you think it's going to be a good one, and you're like, "Oh, great consistency, everything's mm-hmm. good." And you look at it, nice and green, and then you taste it, and it has that like rank taste on it, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> why?" 
You ever seen somebody do the guac magic trick where it starts to brown and they're like, oh, no, and just whip it up a little bit and then it's green again? You're like, how would you do that? So there's this thing that was on social media for a long time and people started doing, they're like, take your avocado and then put it in a like a bowl of water if you've already cut into it and then you, you can save the other half of the avocado a lot longer because it's like an apple once you expose it you know the top gets a little sure. brown or whatever and people were doing that and then getting sick because you can't like the out, oh yeah the outside of the avocado is sometimes tainted which is why i always wash my avocados yeah before i cut into them i take them in the shower with me me too i take them through mm-hmm. <laughs> in the car wash hands out the window you get the wax yeah, yeah. I wax oh, my yeah. avocados. Mm-hmm. I tape than- them to the uh, the undercarriage and do the wheel blast and yeah, yeah, get them real nice. So eat avocado twice a week. Good for your health. Do it. Uh, some guy who claims to be a psychology expert recently went viral on TikTok for posting hacks to help you get in people's heads. He claims they'll work on anyone, but we'll see what you think. Uh, three of them he recently suggested: if someone's beating you at a game like ping pong. Ask them to tell you about their technique. Then they'll overthink it and they'll get worse. Ooh, I like that. Probably golf is another way. Another game you could use that in. Tell oh, me about your swing. I like that. I like that a lot. If you want a person to take something you said seriously, tell them your mother or father told you about it. People instinctively trust parental Wait a minute. Advice. Your mother or their mother? <laughs> your, your mother, mother told, told me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying. Exactly. You know who told me that? Your mother. <laughs> and if somebody's giving you an excuse, don't say anything. Just let them keep talking, and they'll eventually talk themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. You don't say. <laughs> Just mm. look at them. Mm-hmm. Like you don't believe them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you just do the, okay. Yeah. It's, it's yep. kind of like the... When Steve Byrne told us the story of his son, he's like, oh, that somebody farted at that table behind us. <laughs> yes. And he's like, hmm. He's like, man, it really stinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was me. He's like, you got me, Dad. He said, you got me right handed. You got me right handed. You got me right handed. <laughs> he never said a word to him. <laughs> Well, our thoughts really do impact our reality. Scientists in Israel have found that simply feeling young in old age can help people recover from injuries and illnesses more quickly. And we're not talking about minor injuries or illnesses. Researchers study people rehabbing from strokes and major fractures. Not only that, but feeling young was a stronger predictor of how well patients would recover than their actual age or other health issues. Mind over matter. My father told me that. <laughs> so you have to believe it. <laughs> Your mother told me that. <laughs> Media mogul Ru- Rupert Murdoch suddenly single at 91. Why won't you die? His wife of six years is divorcing him. Did you know that he was married to Jerry Hall? Yes. I didn't know I that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, this is Murdoch's fourth wife and fourth divorce. Uh, they've been married for six years. They had only dated a few months, but... I guess at his age, the clock is ticking. Uh, He's got to get married again. Jerry turns 66 next weekend. Murdoch is worth $18 billion. Uh, she's worth $20 million. She did sign a prenup that prohibits her from uh, taking any of his media empire. So, Wow. 
The worst thing Australia has produced since Yahoo Serious. <laughs> Imagine marrying someone at 85, like, he's going to die. I'm going to get some money out of this. I just have to hang around. Making it to 91 and saying, that's it. Dude, Not another I minute. can't do it. Larry King's <laughs> wife, man. Yeah. Larry King's wife was like, oh, God. <laughs> what was it? His seven. He's had 100 heart attacks and he's yeah. still alive. Still kicking. Yeah, they were just openly warring with each other at the end. <laughs> He's like, not only will I not die, I won't divorce you. Uh, the father of the man allegedly killed by O.J. Simpson says the football legend owes him over $96 million. In 1995, Simpson was acquitted in the deaths of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson. But two years later, he was ordered to pay the family of Ron Goldman over $33 million after being found liable for his death in a civil suit filed by Goldman's father. TMZ says Fred Goldman is now applying for a renewal of his old judgment against Simpson's. New documents filed by Goldman claim that with interest, Simpson now owes him nearly $97 million. He will probably never see any of it. Uh, and finally, I'm telling you this early today, so you have time to get in on it. Today is National Take Your Dog to Work Day. Oh, all right, good. Get your dog Wonderful. in. Wonderful. Uh, we're going to talk to Sean Collier about the new Elvis movie momentarily, but you know, I, it reminded me of the uh, Ray Charles interview back in the day on Bob Costa's show in which he was asked about Elvis. I mean, Elvis was a talented guy. Well, <laughs> uh, okay. Not necessarily. You'd know better than I. Yeah. Let, well, me, let me ask it differently. How good was Elvis? What Elvis did, he caused a lot of the populace, if you want to, and usually when people say populace, they usually mean white people, uh, to start listening to a lot of music that normally they wouldn't have been listening to. I guess I'm going to lose uh, at least about a third of my fans right now. But to say that Elvis was was uh, so great and so outstanding, uh, like they say, he's the king, I got I got in trouble because one guy asked me this question and I said the king of what and he got mad at me. You see, I don't think of Elvis like that because I know too many artists that are far far greater than Elvis. Yeah, I, you know that's not Tell a, us what you really think. Yeah, right? but the, you know a lot of people thought that back in the day. Oh, it, of course, especially contemporaries of Elvis that were in the same boat as Ray Charles was back then. He talks about the timing of Elvis. I think Elvis was person came along at the right time where well, here was a white kid that could do rock and roll or rhythm and blues or whatever name you want to call it and the girls could swoon over him Nat Cole got in trouble in Alabama when the women swooned over him got put out of town and black people been going out shaking their behind for, for, for centuries what the hell's unusual about that shaking the hips and stuff and that's all Elvis was doing was copying that and he was doing our kind of music he was doing the Willie Mae Thorn jailhouse rock. That's black music. So what the hell am I supposed to get so excited about, man? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, Elvis Oof. was kind of like Pat Boone in that regard. But I also, while understanding his viewpoint there and, you know, you know, would give Ray Charles, you know, like Bob Costa said, you know better than I. I, I don't think I could say Elvis, was, Elvis wasn't that talented. I mean... Oh no, he you was. Know, I think Pat Boone wasn't that talented, you know, taking all of Little Richard songs and Tootie Fruity, all Rudy, Tootie Fruity, you know, that was kind of garbage. I mean, I, I don't think Elvis was garbage. Oh, there's but, a there's a musical um, 
marrying. There's a musical alchemy to what to what Elvis was doing that was different. It was an act of combination. I but, thought I thought Elvis was always pretty upfront about his influences, though. I think oh, yeah. I, I always thought that was like one of the great things about him is that mm-hmm. he acknowledged that he was inspired by all of that black music. Yeah, and this movie kind of makes the argument that he was very respectful, very close. This movie has him as like a close friend of BB King. Okay, um, and and that you know might <laughs> might like, well have been hey, true. Uh, hey, baby. You hate Ray Charles too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that might have been. You're it's as we're th- both kings. <laughs> I think it's as likely that that's true than the opposite is true. Okay. I don't think you know. We'll f- fully delve into yeah. Sean Collier's review of the new Elvis movie coming up, and Mike proceeded with your sports when we return here on DVE. If you miss the punchline, don't worry. Great. DVE Sports. Mike proceeded with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's the word? Sports is now brought to you by. Stormont Appliance, another RBI for O'Neill Cruz and the Pirates' 8-7, 10-inning victory over the Cubs yesterday. Cruz has driven in at least one run in his first six career games, four uh, this season and two last season. He's only the third player since 1920 when uh, RBI became an official statistic in Major League Baseball to pull that off. George Shuba did it for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1948 and Dale Alexander for the Detroit Tigers in 1929. Now O'Neill Cruz has done it for the Buccos, but Cruz not the star yesterday. That would have been first baseman uh, Michael Chavis, who saved his best for last. Chavis hit his seventh home run of the season in the bottom of the eighth. That tied the game at 7-7. to The Pirates once had led 6-2, to but a five-run eighth inning for the Cubs ruined that. So Chavis ties it in the bottom of the eighth, 7-7. Then in the top of the 10th, he throws out Patrick Wisdom at home on uh, a pretty difficult play, a grounder to first. He had to go to his right a little bit and then throw across his body, and they get the out at home. And then in the bottom of the 10th, a bloop single by Chavis plates Cabrian Hayes with the game-winning run. Hayes slid awkwardly head first into home. Uh, but Derek Shelton, the Pirates manager, indicated after the game that uh, at least initially the Pirates think Hayes is going to be okay. So now it is uh, on to Tampa after having won three of four against the Cubs. Uh, the Pirates improving to 29 and 40 on the season. And they're now five and three since that uh, recent nine game losing streak. They take three or four from the Cubs in the series. They're eight and five against the Cubs. On the season. Boy, if they could just play the Cubs a few more times. Or the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> or the Dodgers. Can't explain that. But uh, on to Tampa. Mitch Keller gets the ball tonight. Two and four. Excuse me. Two and five with a 4.72 ERA. Jeffrey Springs for the home team. Three and two. 2.00. Game five of the Stanley Cup final tonight in Colorado. The Cup will be in the building. I got a sidetrack for just a second. I was thinking about this uh, in the wake of game four. You know, the year the Penguins didn't win the cup against the Red Wings, I've told you guys a lot that that two-year back-to-back championship series, one of my favorite things of my entire career. And one of my favorite moments from that was the triple overtime game in Detroit, game five, where the Penguins extended it. And then they ended up losing in game six at home. But, Detroit was poised to explode. I remember uh, interviewing cops in the arena about how much extra police the city had uh, deployed downtown. And the champagne was in the locker room for the Red Wings. 
they set up an auxiliary press room that was basically in the bowels of the Joe Louis Arena across a hallway from the entrance to the Wings locker room. And if you're covering a game as a writer, once it gets to overtime, you go down to the press room and you're you're just watching it on TV and you're writing almost, you know, play by play because your deadline is already shot to hell and you got to file this thing <laughs> as soon as the game is over. Well, Peter Sikora scores the goal. I've never seen stadium employees hustle so hard to get the champagne out of the Red Wings locker room uh, before before they got back in there because uh, that would be bad, right? Yeah. And it, it was like pandemonium, chaos. They're just It's on these carts and the two guys at a time are pushing these carts down a hallway. Get out of the way! Get out of the way! <laughs> you know, you didn't win the cup, but at least you ruined their party for one night. It uh, made them win it on the road. It, that was kind of cool. And they did. Um, the Pens nearly tied it at the end of the game there in game six. Almost. Uh, but I never understood why they filled the locker rooms with that stuff until it was like, what? what's the big deal? Walk into the locker room and uh, be like, well, the party will be here soon instead of the party's already here. Just, you know, hedge your bet a little bit and leave the cart down the hall. Mm. Stop putting up streamers. <laughs> well, you have to plastic the room off, too, like it's yeah. Dexter's kill room. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You got to get the, the goggles other, out. I mean, there's a lot. The other memorable uh, snapshot from that night is uh, Kid Rock walking away from the Wings locker room with what looked like a hooker on each arm. It didn't look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't verify but if you had to guess, excuse me, I am a journalist. I'm asking a journalistic question, Mr. Rock. Pardon me, Hooker. Hooker. Thank you. Uh, but this this could be the uh, coronation for Colorado uh, tonight at home. If the Avalanche win the Cup, they've got three shots to do it now. Uh, a win in Game Five, Six, or Seven will get it done. Wow. They will tie the they will tie the NHL record for the most combined wins in a season, regular season and playoffs combined. At 72. Colorado went 56, 19, and 7 in the regular season. And now here are the Avalanche at 15 and 3 in the postseason. And yeah, they've had to get five of them in overtime, but uh, they are on the verge of something really special. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers in 84 won 72 games. The Canadians in 77 won 72 games. And also, The Detroit Red Wings in 1995-96, the difference there is Detroit did not win the Cup despite setting uh, or tying the NHL record for combined wins. The Wings went 62-13-7 in the regular season, then got beat by the Avalanche in the conference final four games to two. It's unbelievable, Mike, that they have lost one game on the road, that they've only lost three total in this run. It's pretty pretty spectacular stuff, and if they uh, if they wrap it up, they're going to be a most deserving champion and a standard uh, in the league. You know, if they get the goaltending they got from Darcy Kemper in Game Four, it, it, it's a whole new ball game because that was perceived to be the Achilles' heel. That was an offensive team that would have to outscore you, and their, their goaltending was a little shaky, and eh, not so much the other night. Uh, I don't know how you beat those guys. Uh, unless maybe you're Andre Vasilevsky and you just take the ice and decide I'm not getting scored on tonight and we're going to start there and try to win this game one nothing or 2-1, to one, Bill. I know that John Cooper was all upset after the game about the too many men on the ice that he was alluding to, but 
what what is the rule situation when a goalie gets his face mask knocked off during a play? Because that happened to Colorado, and the play went on, and they scored. Yeah, it's supposed to stop unless there is an immediate scoring opportunity. Then it's at the discretion of the referee to allow the play to continue. And that was the case there. I mean, yeah. the puck it knocked oh, yeah. his mask off, and it was a rebound right in the slot. You it's can't, in the back of the net a second you later. You can't blow it dead there. So I think yeah. they handled that right. And I, I said it yesterday. I'm saying it again today. I don't get the whole too many men thing. I just don't see anything there. I, I think that's John Cooper just kind of yeah. realizing they're not going to win the series. And it's been a long, exhausting run for all of those guys, three years' worth. And they're coming up a little bit short of something they wanted very badly, and it's tough to deal with for him. And I, I get that. I mean, that they're it's it's not like the Lightning are playing like a satisfied team. Oh, we won the last two. If we win, we win. We lose. I mean, they're selling out. They're blocking shots. They're killing themselves mm-hmm. to try to get this done. They're just not quite as good as Colorado. Mike Pursuit with your sports. Fouls got news. Top of the hour. What are you talking about? Spain wants to fine people for peeing in the ocean. And Esquire hard ranked, to enforce. Yeah, Esquire <laughs> ranked Will Ferrell's movies. So thank we're God gonna, it's not the pool. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it coming up. Sean Collier here to review the new Elvis movie when we come back. Sean Casey, the mayor, eight forty five. We'll talk O'Neill Cruz with Sean Casey coming up. TV, radio contact, sir. There's a voice here. Boosted on air at one hundred two point five and World EVE Morning Show. And uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the new Elvis movie. The king is back, and not as an 82-year-old man scarfing down Whoppers in a Minnesota Burger King, like mm-hmm. most of the times he's appeared in the past few years. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Boz Lerman's Elvis biopic starring young Austin Butler as Elvis Presley. Butler giving a pitch-perfect uh, vocal impression. And Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker doing a voice that sounds halfway between Dr. Strangelove and the Swedish chef. Don't <laughs> understand. Tom Hanks. He looks like he's doing a reprise of that character he did in the movie The Lady Killers. Remember yes. that one? Yes. Yeah. I have no doubt that between him and Lerman, there's a reason he's doing that voice, but it just seems silly when you're watching it. Uh, it is a, a biopic. It does cover all the key stuff, but it has, I, I think, a framing device that works. It's the colonel reflecting on what's happened uh, in the final uh, years of his life. Because it's not entirely structured like a, a biopic. It's more It's more of a movie about how Colonel Parker murdered Elvis Presley. That might mm-hmm. be a bit of an exaggeration, but also dramatically, narratively, that's what we all think happened, right? Uh, I don't know if that happened, So, but the one thing we know happened for sure is mm-hmm. that he kept Elvis from going anywhere. Yeah. Elvis never left America after being in the army because of the colonel. Because the colonel was a big fraud who didn't oh, have a yeah. passport right. and couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't travel. Yeah. The movie really draws a line that Parker owed millions to perhaps the same casino that he then contracted Elvis to work at. Uh, and the, the casino... The conflict of interest with this guy. Yeah. And the casino said, well, uh, maybe your debt goes away if Elvis sticks around for a while. And Elvis got more miserable, and Parker kept drugging him up with Dr. Nick to keep him on stage. And then Elvis is dead. That's the argument that this movie makes. How much of that is a, a neat narrative for a movie and how much of that is true uh, is more for the Elvis experts 
but Which there are many. There are quite a few. Yeah. Um, as a film, though, you have to keep in mind the director is Baz Luhrmann. He did Moulin Rouge, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet in the nineties. Great Gatsby a few years ago. Very specific style. A ton of movement, quick, vibrant, deliberately anachronistic, almost fantasy in how he makes movies. So no going in. This is that kind of filmmaking, wall to wall, more extreme than he's ever done before. This Moulin Rouge more looks extreme? like Moulin Rouge looks like Downton Abbey compared wow. to the Elvis movie. And See, it's, that's what I'm that's not gonna like much. it. I'm yeah, not gonna like it too much. There's some people who won't because it's that for two hours and forty minutes. It, I two th- hours and there's a lot of it. minutes. I wow. thought like there's going to be started his birth. they start with the colonel having a heart attack and then go back to young elvis and i thought you know one problem i have with a lot of movies is they're very creative for half an hour do the filmmakers trying hard for half an hour and then it kind of falls into "Eh, it's just a movie they ran out of money this never (laughs) stops it is wall-to-wall madcap uh, uh scenes and sequences and montages it's the audio assault that I can't take. Really, really Latin that in there. It's and it's mm-hmm. nonstop remixed and mm-hmm. pounded into your head and like I get the artistic intent of all of that. Right. It just doesn't always make for a pleasant movie. It's like eating a very rich like dessert for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I only need a little bit of it. I think that whether or not you want that, if this sounds like, hey, that sounds fun, that sounds entertaining, go. If you think that sounds like a lot, maybe hold off and watch it in 20-minute chunks. That's what's funny about it is the amount of, you know, you were talking about how many Elvis experts there are out there. Mm -hmm. Those people are going to go to this. Oh, yeah. And most of them will absolutely hate the style and art direction in this and never, ever be able to see past that. I, anecdotally... Um, it seems to be going the other way so far. I was at. Oh, well, then that's good. I was at, you know, what was billed as a fan preview on Tuesday night. A lot of Elvis t shirts, a lot of, you know, dedicated fans who were clapping and crying at the end and really into it. Uh, my friend, uh, Vanessa St. Clair, uh, a young actress and comedian, uh, who was, who once held the Guinness World Record as the world's youngest Elvis impersonator. I texted her afterwards and she said that this is the first time that anyone's done the story justice on the oh, big screen. All right. Well, then I had it totally wrong. So the super fans are, might be satisfied if they can take the style. It, it, it's, I liked it more than the average music biopic. It tries to be a movie and structure like a movie, not just this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it's entertaining. It's trying to entertain you, often too much for 160 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, but the music is great. Austin Butler does a great job, sounds great. And Tom Hanks sounds like he's trying to sell you a stroop waffle outside the red light district in Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm sure for a good reason. Uh, what's the next one you have lined up? Uh, the man from, you know, Net- man from Toronto is the name. You know, Netflix uh, had a little trouble recently. Their subscribers dropped, stock plummeted, because they have so many competitors who want in on, you know, the streaming pie. They're trying to figure out how to get back on top. Here's an idea. Quit buying dull movies that no one wants to watch. <laughs> I know, we'll get there by picking up a movie that no one will make it to the end of, then saying it was watched for 10 million hours because everyone watched it for 10 minutes, then gave up. That's the ticket to success. Uh, but Stranger mm-hmm. Things is good, so mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Man from Toronto stars Kevin Hart, who is here to do the Kevin Hart stuff. 
as a mild-mannered loser who gets into a case of mistaken identity with an elite assassin type played by Woody Harrelson. It's like someone pitched this movie while asleep. They shook an executive up and said, make up a movie. Yeah, Kevin Hart, he's a, there's an assassin. Go. The chemistry never hits. Jokes <laughs> aren't really there. Hollywood Mad Libs. They're just throwing stuff. This was supposed just to be in theaters. Just put Kevin Hart in something, and he'll make it work. I like it. We all, Kevin, we all like you. We all think you're funny. But you've got he's got to be part of an other, another thing that works. Like in Jumanji, he's the comic relief. He counterbalances the oh, rock. He's great. It works. When he showed up unannounced in Hobbs and Shaw, and it was just a break and these two yelling at each other, and he comes in and tells that. But all of these, it's Kevin Hart and a big mean person, and he's going to be wacky. Uh, it's been done too many okay. times. All right. What's your retro pick of the week? Sunday night at uh, Phoenix. Theaters in Bridgeville, mere minutes from the iHeart Studios. Flashback Cinema presents Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. They're running the series on uh, subsequent weeks, so Last Crusade will be there next week as well. Temple of Doom is the wacky one, but I, I do love it. Uh, especially knowing that this is why they invented the PG-13 rating. This and the Gremlins were rated... Oh, really? At the time, it was GPGR. And so Temple of Doom and Gremlins were pg is they were like, well, it doesn't go to an R, so it gets a PG. And then parents were apparently concerned when their children witnessed a man pull the still-beating heart out of another <laughs> man's chest. <laughs> yeah. Then lower the victim, still alive yet heart-free, into a pool of lava <laughs> until he burst shrieking into flames. That was maybe a little much for the kids. Heart-free. Sean <laughs> uh, Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine there. Val's got your knees next. What do you got? Well, I've been saving this for when Sean's going to be here. Esquire ranked Will Ferrell's movies, so we're going to go over that list. All right, awesome. Sean Casey. Talks all things Pirates and uh, O'Neill Cruz, his take on all that coming up. 845, the mayor, you won't want to miss it. DVE. Pittsburgh walks through the door known as the weak Pittsburgh shops for appliances. This is WDVE. Pittsburgh. Some guy who claims to be a psychology expert recently went viral on TikTok for posting hacks to help you get in people's heads. He claims they'll work on anyone, but... We'll see what you think. Uh, three of them he recently suggested. If someone's beating you at a game, like ping pong, ask them to tell you about their technique. Then they'll overthink it, and they'll get worse. Uh, I like that. Probably golf is another way, another game you could use that in. Tell me about your swing. I like that. I like that a lot. If you want a person to take something you said seriously, tell them your mother or father told you about it. People instinctively trust for Wait a minute. Advice. Your mother or their mother? <laughs> your, your mother, mother told, told me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying. Exactly. You know who told me that? Your mother. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, it's a surefire way to end the conversation. Where'd you lend that backhand? From your mother. <laughs> The father never hurts. It's always the mother. The dad is never, yeah, that's what your dad said to me. What? Oh, I don't know. That sounded weird. I'm sorry. Actually, that might be a better way. Yeah. Because it's less used. That's true. Heard a guy at a hockey game on screaming, your girlfriend. Like he was trying to take a step up. Like he was remixing your mother to your girlfriend. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm just confused now. What about her? What is your commentary on her? <laughs> that was, he was just yelling your girlfriend? Mm-hmm. 
We really have to up the, the level of uh, heckling that's going on. Yeah. Was that guy event. just like open micing his heckles? <laughs> right. I'm the trying. Guy just got started. Your girlfriend. I'm trying out some new material tonight. Let me know what you. Val, before we go into the news, I do want to uh, bring up once again because we talked about it so early this morning. The fact that Bill and Joe went to Bar Eleven last night to the summer solstice party, <laughs> and we had Rob on from Bar Eleven yesterday in the South Side to talk about this. It is a legendary party. And they have many every year, but this one in particular is so unique. A level like a scale of one to ten, where did it hit your expectation of what it was going to be? Oh, ten! It was a ten. Yeah, because it was total chaos from the moment <laughs> you walked in the door. Everything is wet. Like <laughs> Joe, Joe, had you you've been to Bar Eleven, but you've never been to that party, right? Oh, I've been there many times, but never that party. It exceeded my expectations. <laughs> I just don't know how you waterproof your bar enough to yeah. not have everything warped by the wetness of the night. They stopped caring about that twenty <laughs> years ago. <laughs> the funny, another funny thing is it was cash only. And cash the, only, and the bar was soaked. <laughs> everything was soaked. I walked up to the bar at first and I said, "Can I have some mozzarella sticks?" And it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, raining right, on yeah. us, and they're like, "Yeah, no, that's not funny." <laughs> did Rob give you the did Rob give you the uh, the ropes? Did he <laughs> No. Uh, no, because uh, it was so packed you actually couldn't move. Like it was yeah. Joe, have you ever been in a bar that packed? Uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the okay, crowd's so much fella. I mean like, crowd... I don't go to bars that <laughs> yeah. have that many people in it anymore at my age. Elbow to beehole. Yeah. I mean that's part of the allure with bar eleven is that it's always gonna be jammed whenever you get there. Mm -hmm. But I was just like blown away by the, the line outside. I felt like it was like night at the Roxbury. It went all the way around the corner. All the way around that the corner. That is so hilarious. So you wait, you were in there for, so Joe originally was at the back of the line and then Bill uh, pulled a little rank and got him in there. Snuck him in. And then uh, when you left an hour and a half later, the people you were in line with were still in line. Yeah. And like, like uh, getting closer, but like not at the front. Oh. And it assembled, that line formed in, the, in a matter of minutes. Because you got in with no I got, line. I got in, there was nobody there. Oh, dude. I mean, nobody in line. The bar was completely jammed. Uh, did you get the sense there was anybody there who didn't know how aggressive it was going to be in terms of you're getting soaking wet when you walk into this bar? No, I felt like the least prepared person at that party. You right. wore swim trunks. Yeah, I know. But still, like everybody <laughs> had swim shoes on. Like everybody had sandals like and aqua slides and... and you know, they were going shirtless or they had like a pool raft around their stomach. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. It's like, were you the oldest guy there? Uh, no. Rob no. was. No. <laughs> no, there were some older people in there, but there it was a very young party. Yeah. It's such a great bar. Like, it is, a, it is one of the classic Southside institutions. And I do love the fact that it's like, it, if you don't Google map it, where is it? Uh, it's um, kind of like uh, you go, uh, and then it's over, and then you turn. You'll see it. If you've gone to PJ McCardle, you've gone too far. <laughs> if you're walking up Mount Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was just chaos. How wet did your beer get? Did you, were you drinking beer or booze? Yeah, I was drinking beer. Okay. Not, not very wet, because you there were points in the room where it was raining a lot harder than... <laughs> than other points so like if it if they dialed it up and it was absolutely pouring in a section like my back was just getting crushed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like the front was was okay so, so I, my beer was fine 
We're, it, it, the thing I remember about it is laughing the entire time. Oh, yeah. Because you just see people getting blown up. You're getting blown up. It's such a fun party. It's a great, it's a great understood, like, we all agree we're going to go in here and it's going to be uncomfortable and gross and we're all going to get soaking wet and, you know, there's never any fights at that party. The one thing that was cool but also a little bit gross was the water was warm. (laughs) (laughs) It's like somebody's going to start peeing. And that person is Bill. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't. We stayed for like an hour. I didn't even go into the bathrooms. I wonder what they... That's the one thing that I kind of regret not getting a peek at. Yeah, they probably have like a bidet coming up at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's like like basically you're peeing in the shower. Sandcastle in a a bar. Yeah. Which they they said another party that they do is they bring in tons of sand and just pour it and dump it in the bar. They don't care what they do to that bar that's what makes it so great they beat the snot out of it they have like metal grates are the floor Mm -hmm. for the bar which i was curious about because i'm like how can this not immediately create a water problem situation at this bar like whatever's underneath that bar has to be in awful shape well it's they just sweep it all out. Yep. They've, they figured it out long ago. So I'm glad you guys got a chance to go to that last night. Oh, it was a blast. All right. Val, what's going on? Seven minutes after eight at DVE, here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. At DVE, the news is brought to us by Window Nation. The House January 6th committee is naming six Republican lawmakers who sought pardons from Donald Trump following the Capitol riot. Former Trump aides gave testimony during Thursday's hearing and said at least six GOP representatives sought presidential pardons for their role in trying to overturn election results on January 6th of last year. The House members include Matt Gates of Florida, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Mo Brooks of Alabama, Louis Gomert of Texas, Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, and one aide also testified Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia had asked about a pardon. Yeah. You know, again, not something you typically ask for unless you've committed a felony. But it is funny to see how many of them were like, uh, can you just give me a blanket pardon for anything I've done throughout the course of time? (laughs) I read that the first time. I thought it was a joke. Like when you say, yeah, this is the worst night in the history of the world. Right. Like I thought it was a joke. And then I read it 10 more times. Yeah. Matt Gates is like. Can you just pardon me for everything? I got a hooker thing that's uh, really causing some troubles. <laughs> Apparently, they're pretty young. Uh, can we just sweep this all under one big rug? Mr. Of, President, I'm a criminal. Do you have one of those survivor immunity idols? Can you <laughs> hand out some of those? I wish you could do that in a relationship. Just ask for a pardon before it even gets going. Hey, look, I'm going to do some stuff. And it's. <laughs> Could you just pardon me? Just uh, a floating pardon. <laughs> just a floating pardon. Like having like an air of like the invincibility thing in Mario or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Matt Lost. Gates got the power star right before on January That's 5th. Is, he yeah. opened a block open and the star came out. So he's fine now. <laughs> Lawsuits surrounding the Fern Hollow Bridge collapse are moving forward. A judge heard from three plaintiff attorneys in the suits at a pretrial hearing yesterday. The three cases will now be consolidated into one trial with those attorneys making a motion for discovery of maintenance and inspection rec- records for the bridge. Pittsburgh City Solicitor John Doherty says the NTSB will have to release the records that were requested. Free meals are available to kids this summer at Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. Seven of the organization's locations 
are participating in that program. Library supervisors say they are happy to help make sure kids don't go hungry while out of school. The summer food service program runs through August 19th. Well, a town in Spain wants to fine people $800 for peeing in the ocean. And I don't know how you enforce that or if it's just a scare tactic. Yeah, I don't know. Unless it's off the edge of a boat, how do you know? If you get caught peeing in the ocean, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're well, that- standing in shallow water. <laughs> that has hey, your bathing talk- suit just changed colors. <laughs> that has ignited talk about whether or not it's bad to do it. It is gross, but there are a lot worse things being dumped into I mean, the that's ocean. That's where all the fish go. Uh, so a new poll on peeing while do swimming. Fish pee? I think they Probably. do, don't they? I'll Google it. They have to eliminate waste. This is Madden's computer. I don't mind. But to fish pee, it's probably going to be like, do you want to sign into your account? 41% (laughs) of people say you should just go to a bathroom and don't pee in the ocean or a pool. Fish have kidneys, which produce urine containing ammonium, phosphorus, urea, and nitrous waste. They expelled urine encourages plant growth on coral reefs. Of course. Downstream benefits also include increased fertilization of algae and seagrass, which in turn provides food for the fish. So they're fish. Circle of life. Just tell that. Circle of life. (laughs) Hey, what are you doing down in the ocean? I'm encouraging plant growth on coral reefs. (laughs) Leave me alone. I'm helping the seagrass. Leave me alone. 48% say it's okay to pee in the ocean, not the pool. 5% say it's okay to do both. 1% say it's okay to pee in the pool, but not in the ocean. (laughs) That's that's a fetish at this point. Yeah. By the way, fish only pee once a day. Mm. Well, they can really hold it. I, I, I kind of wouldn't mind only peeing once a day. That'd be nice. They must be dehydrated. <laughs> How or, could that or, be possible? That's why they're they're so skittish. They're like, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. <laughs> I gotta pee. <laughs> that's why they're darting around. Yeah. They're looking yeah. for their place. Exactly. Six <laughs> percent of people say to find a reef. They're totally fine peeing in the pool. In addition to being disgusting, urine messes with a pool's chemistry, which is vital for keeping the water safe. Safe. It both uses up chlorine that's needed to kill bacterial microbes, and it alters a pool's pH. Which that's can- why I do it. <laughs> I'm screwing with this pool's chemistry. So there you Over go. Over here. <laughs> Keep doing that voice. I don't know why. No <laughs> we've, all, we've all been doing it. Um, so fish pee out of the. Uh, some of them have a hole in the uh, butt, the like near their butt, uh, and then some of it comes out of their skin. Why? They just emit. Mm. They just s- sweat pee. I guess. Yeah, sweat pee. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that one got Mike. <laughs> I just put it on Twitter if you'd like to watch the uh, I don't. I, PBS I'm all set. produced a documentary. YouTube Do Fish Pee. <laughs> Rick Seaback narrates it, I think. <laughs> In 1988. Fish used to pee right by this old steel plant. Homestead. No. Where there was a great bakery. They made fish pee biscuits. <laughs> Tommy Lee, who's only playing drums on four songs on the band's current tour after breaking four ribs, decided to make light of the situation Wednesday in Washington, D.C. At one point in the show, he tossed out barbecue ribs, Mm. which seems messy. Also, because he's got ribs. Vince Neil was like, those are mine. <laughs> what are you doing? He dives into the audience. <laughs> Is he crowd surfing? No, he's going no, he's, for his ribs. 
Motley Crue cl- closed out Wednesday's show but had to wait 90 minutes to take the stage due to a thunderstorm. <laughs> the stadium tour's opening night was also plagued by rain during Def Leppard's closing set. Next stop on the stadium tour, which also features Poison and Joan Jett, is tonight in Queens and Philly tomorrow. The tour stops at PNC Park on Friday, August 12th. I haven't heard anything bad about this tour. Uh, no, quite the contrary. Oh, yeah. Everybody's raving about this tour. So Vince must be doing okay. Vince must be doing okay. Or people have low standards. But people are also <laughs> saying that Joan Jett and Poison are killing it. Yeah. And they do, like, you know, 30-minute sets, so it's all killer, no filler. All hits. Yeah. Brett Michaels barely has time to get uh, clotheslined. You know, that weekend is Thursday, Billy Joel at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Friday, Def Leppard, Motley Crue. Sunday, Metallica. Yeah, yes. and Saturday, the Steelers play. So yeah, for once, there's actually going to be some hits at PNC <laughs> Park. Whoa! Hey. He's got the jokes! Hey! Hey, over <laughs> Stop the voice. <laughs> Johnny Depp is reuniting with uh, the Hollywood Vampires. <laughs> Uh, the band is made up of Johnny Depp, Joe Perry, Alice Cooper, and Tommy Henriksen. The vampires will be heading to Germany and Luxembourg next year. And even if you're not a fan of Will Ferrell's comedy, uh, you have to admit he does have some awesome movies. Oh, yeah. Esquire took the challenge of ranking all 39 of them. We're not going to do all 39. There's 39 We'll, we'll do them? the top 10. Uh, at number 10, and this may get some... Uh, Blowback. Blowback. Step Brothers. Yeah, because it should be two. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's a classic. But it also was one of those ones when it was released, it wasn't like an automatic hit. It's like Anchorman. It grew on you. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Old School at number nine. Man. Boo. Yeah, I would put both of those maybe in the top five. Yeah. At number eight, The Other Guys. No. That's I'm sorry, that's not top ten for me. I no. hate Marky Mark. I just can't watch him. Uh, that's the one he's like in, the right? Funky Bunch yes. better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the Funky Bunch got robbed. I just, <laughs> they wrote all the material. <laughs> I just watched this a couple of weeks ago. Everything Must Go is at number seven. That's like a serious what? movie. Yes. Yeah, not a comedy. It's oh, they're... it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not terrible, but it's. it's I wouldn't rush to see it. Yeah. I didn't feel like I wasted two hours watching it or however long it was, but I don't want to watch it again. It holds, it holds your attention. That's yeah. about it. Here's the thing. If you're making a list and there's a top ten or a top five movies, if absolutely no one you've ever asked about Will Ferrell movies names that movie, it can't be in the top five Agreed. or ten. And I wouldn't put any of the 987 over Step Brothers, Incl- including Old School. Old School is funny, but step brothers holds up better i I, think i I totally agree oh no old school could not be made today no and it's it's not that old of a movie Mm -hmm. 2003 old school was made yeah it's a 20 year old movie it's that's that's a lot older than i thought it was zoolander's at number six he's barely in it i i I, I don't consider that a will ferrell movie but um zoolander is really funny he's so hot right now (laughs) i mean his character is, is pretty funny in that it's very but over I, the top. That's not. That's a Ben Stiller movie. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Talladega Nights at number five. Oh, not Too high low. enough. Not yeah, high not enough. Not high enough. Yeah, a, well, how do you put it any higher than what number is it? Five. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell. That's my number one. Talladega Nights. I, 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 the combination of him and Riley and Sasha Baron Cohen, mm-hmm. I think, is the best. 
starting uh, lineup in any of them. <laughs> His reaction to the Sasha Baron Cohen character is just really funny. Like, he does not know what to make of him any, <laughs> at any point in time. And it's hilarious through the credits. If you stuck around, they had the outtakes of the oh, commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was laughing in my seat while people were leaving when I saw that in the theater. Definitely. You don't chew Big Red. F you. <laughs> well, it has my favorite joke in any of the Will Ferrell movies, which is when he Ricky, Ricky Bobby always leaves two tickets for his dad, Gary Cole, every race, and he never came and, and claimed them. And then that one race, he finally comes to get him to, to claim his two tickets to see him race. And the ticket uh, vendor goes, Mister, these tickets been waiting a long time for you here. And he's like, I know when he grabs him and he like turns around all satisfied like he's about to go watch this kid race and then he goes, "Who needs this?" <laughs> That's the, <laughs> such a funny joke. That's great. Another one I don't consider a Will Ferrell movie at number four, the Lego Movie. Not a, not a Will Ferrell movie. I mean, he's the villain, but are you kidding me? It's good, and he's good in it. Um, there's too many different things on this list. Number three, Elf. I mean, uh, hard to argue with. Classic so for me tour and de my force. Kids now, it's my every Christmas. Movie. Every Christmas. The other thing about that is he wasn't huge at that time. He wasn't like a superstar like he is now. So he was still kind of like breaking it. And that was one of the ones for him that like turned him into a superstar. That's also a twenty-year-old movie. Yeah, two thousand three. I know. Is that the most recent addition to the Christmas movie? canon yes i think so unless there's a kids movie yeah. that i've missed nothing after 2000 besides elf i think makes yeah. it into that polar express was in the 90s right probably no it was after that no. but it's also no. terrible no oh, i don't I, well, yeah i don't you uh, shut your mouth. polar express with <laughs> the weird love, faces and the i don't love oh, the animation the anime, i love it it's yeah. nightmare fuel for me it. i never yeah. watched it yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen, when did those come 90s. out? Those are, uh, what? I revisited 90s? one of those, and that is also, you know, they could have used some jokes in that comedy. I watched the Kurt mm-hmm. Russell ones. What are, what are the, what are oh, the movies? Uh, the Christmas Chronicles? <laughs> the yeah. Escape from Santa Town. Those, uh, The Thing. A good, good holiday movie. It's very wintry. Movies. Yeah, those are Big good. Trouble and Little... North Pole. North, North Pole. Pole. I have and to offer Just Friends for the Christmas movie conversation. Highly, yes, I am on board with you. Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds and Anna Ferris. And who's the other one in that that I'm, mix, I'm missing? No, it's not Anna Ferris, is it? She plays like the pop star chick. And oh, yeah. Mila yeah, Kunis. Amy, Amy Smart is yes. the Amy, Amy Smart. It is nonstop funny start to finish. That movie is brilliantly funny. Now, this movie, I don't think I've ever heard of until this list. Stranger Than Fiction. Number two? Yes. With Emma... Um, Isn't Dustin Hoffman in that movie, yes. too? It's, it's, it's okay. I, I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I, don't, I do not remember this movie. It's, it's one of those, you know, there's always a lot of indie dramas that a few people, you know, are like, ah, oh, that was amazing. And you go, and you're like, yeah, okay. Eh. It's, it's, yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. And I just, I thought he was, like, out of place in that one. Because it's Will Ferrell. You're always waiting for him to be funny. And if there's even a hint of comedy in it, you want it to be broader because it's that's what he does. Mm -hmm. And the number one ranked Will Ferrell movie, according to Esquire magazine, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. I mean, it's a classic. It's so good. It's like got to the point, though, where. Like, you know when you hear Stairway to Heaven or Freebird, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. 
It's a classic. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you forget what made it great because you've heard it so many times. Um, it's kind of like that with me with Anchorman. I've seen it so many times <laughs> that I stopped getting excited when it's on. But when they were rerunning Anchorman 2 recently, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd seen that since it first ran. And then I watched it again and realized why. But because it's just all over. The, it is so bizarre, but I like that they made it that weird. Like he loses his sight. And it's, like, it's just so stupid. But, um, and you, you know. The supporting cast, though, is also so funny. Kristen Wiig. Like the outtakes I'm to, 22 months to Anchor Man yeah. is really good. That's, that's a, an ensemble piece. But I always feel bad when Jack Black kicks the dog off the bridge. I always get a little sad. But the thing <laughs> oh, I always. so funny. When he does I, that. It's so unexpected. <laughs> but I, it, like, I. I always notice he calls him Brosif in that scene, and it bothers me because I'm like, nobody said Brosif in the 70s. That's like a Jack Black invention from, you know, 1996. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that, that two completely automatic quotes in that scene, I'm in a glass case of emotion anytime you're upset, and this burrito is good, but it is filling every time you're at Chipotle. Milk was a bad choice is something I think yeah. people said every time they picked up milk for years after that. Yeah. Milk was a bad choice. The man punted Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many quotes from. Uh, I have yeah. many, I'm not even mad. I'm, I'm actually kind of proud. I have many leather-bound books. <laughs> Nine hundred ninety-nine, one thousand. When <laughs> he's doing curls in his office. Mr. Bergen, you have a massive erection. It's the pleats. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pleats. Uh, sunny mid eighties for the high today. It's sixty-three at DVE. Mike Pursuit of Sports next DVE. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Lots of late inning twists and turns in the Pirates. 8-7-10 inning victory over the Cubs yesterday afternoon at PNC Park. Michael Chavis tied it in the bottom of the eighth with a home run. Preserved the tie in the top of the tenth by throwing Patrick Wisdom out at home plate off of a ground ball to first base and then won it in the bottom of the 10th. A bloop single that plated keep Brian Hayes with the game-winning run. O'Neill Cruz became the third big leaguer since RBI became an official stat in 1920 to begin his major league career with an RBI in each of his first six career games. But uh, don't forget about starting pitcher Jose Quintana, who gave the Buccos six innings of six-hit, two-run ball, both runs were earned, one walk and six strikeouts. Pirates had a 6-2 lead, uh, thanks uh, in part to Quintana before frittering that away, and it was a significant return to form for Quintana. Uh, prior to yesterday, he had allowed three earned runs once and four earned runs twice in his three previous starts, and that had been a departure from what Quintana had done over the first 10 games this season when he uh, allowed uh, more than two earned runs just one time in his first 10 starts. He was back on his game yesterday, and that could be significant because uh, I'm still assuming the Pirates signed Jose Quintana to trade him and uh, get some more assets uh, as we approach the trade deadline. And uh, if he's pitching well, then uh, the return is going to be better, you would assume, particularly teams are always looking for that extra pitcher uh, as you get into the stretch run, the contenders think they need another arm. He might be such a guy. Uh, on to Tampa for the Pirates today. Three against the Rays uh, tonight, Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday afternoon, a three-game weekend set. Mitch Keller, 2-5 and five with a 4.72 ERA. He'll be opposed by Jeffrey Springs. 
who's three and two, two point oh. And Keller, believe it or not, has pitched uh, much better since that uh, brief demotion to the bullpen. Over his last uh, four starts, he's got a 2.42 ERA. That's a 22 in the third innings. Uh, he was in line to get a win in each of his last two starts. Pirates couldn't finish it off. But uh, Mitch Keller, who presumably is uh, still considered part of their future, maybe he's starting to find that game everybody's been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on. Uh, we'll see if he can get it going tonight in Tampa. The Stanley Cup final resumes tonight in Colorado. The Avalanche poised to win the Cup. They've got a three games to one series lead heading into game five tonight. We kind of celebrated their season last hour. Uh, let's talk about the Lightning a little bit this hour because uh, if they're going to go down, man, they're going to go down swinging, uh, trying to become a three-peat champ and uh, the first team to win at least three Cups since the Dynastic Islanders back in the early 80s. Uh, Tampa Bay is down by two games in a series for the third time in the last two rounds. They tra- the, the Lightning trailed the Rangers two games to none. They trailed the Avalanche two games to none. Now they're trailing Colorado three games to one. How uh, uncharacteristic is that? Uh, let's just look back uh, briefly at their two previous championships. In 2020, the Lightning beat Columbus in five, Boston in five, the Islanders in six, and Dallas in six. In 2021, the Panthers in six, Carolina in five, the Islanders in seven, and then the Canadians in five. Uh, this year, it's been a little tougher. Uh, four to three over Toronto, a sweep of Florida, and then four to two against the Rangers after trailing that series two games to none. This is the fourth time in the last 70 postseason games that Tampa is facing elimination. And obviously, it has survived uh, each of the previous three. Wow. It's a great team. And, I, you know, I've seen some people taking shots because the NHL has been a little goofy the last couple of years because of COVID. And, the, you know, things haven't gone exactly uh, mm-hmm. according to form the way they usually do. But uh, I got nothing but respect for the Lightning and admiration for a lot of those guys. Uh, I think it's 15 of them have won back-to-back championships. And you look at players uh, such as Victor Hedman and Andre Vasilevsky and Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. I mean, what more could these guys do? They are, uh, if it ends tonight, it has been a hell of a run for the Lightning. And the way that they changed the game with that little Kucherov uh, budget tomfoolery, keeping (laughs) him off their books until the playoffs started. I mean, that was impressive. Manage manage the system, right? Um, They pulled it off. Uh, You know, it, looking back at that, it, it seems obvious. So why doesn't everybody do this? But I don't know that you could sit out a regular season and then dominate the playoffs the way Kucherov did. That's uh, that's pretty special in its own right. Mm-hmm. Even if it is kind of uh, Tom Fuller-ish. <laughs> Tom Fuller-ish. <laughs> Ian Rappaport of uh, NFL.com and the NFL Network reporting yesterday that that one-year deal the Steelers Signed uh, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi to is worth up to $8 million with incentives. So in addition to getting a much-needed guy, not just a body at a position where they needed depth, but a guy, a player, somebody they can count on, uh, I think he's going to fit in really well. And uh, if they didn't get him or Indomitian uh, Sue in the wake of the Stephon Tewitt retirement, then they were going to be rolling the dice along the defensive line. We, we saw last year when you lose a, a key veteran that you're counting on, how quickly that can collapse the entire defense. 
And I think it's a leap of faith to think that uh, either Isaiah Loudermilk or DeMarvin Leal, the kid they drafted this year out of Texas A&M, are going to be advanced enough to play a major role this year. So good on the Steelers for getting that done. NBA draft yesterday, uh, a celebration of the Duke Blue Devils. Mike Krzyzewski's final season uh, in Duke was last season, at Duke was last season, and uh, he only had five players drafted in the two-round event, including, oh, that's uh, it? Num- including number one overall pick, Paolo Banchero, who went to Orlando first overall. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks. Coming up top of the hour, Val Porter with your news. What's happening? Is it is it okay to wear socks at the beach? A little twist to it, though. I'll, mm. uh, we'll talk about that coming up. And no. Joe Manganello talks about prom night. I think he's a little old to go to that. <laughs> I think I know who he went to prom with. Uh, when we come back, Sean Casey. Joe Manganiello's prom date will join it. <laughs> now, he's going to talk about uh, O'Neill Cruz and all the things he gets excited about. I would love to hear Casey's right prom story, though. I mean, he's I guarantee you, Casey one. has a prom story. <laughs> no all right, we'll ask him next. DV. Bill Crawford here. You know, my happy places are being at home with my kids or on the radio or stage trying to make people laugh. And driveway.com is. <laughs> I don't know if I believe him. I mean, <laughs> it sounds I like every think... interaction, he's just shoehorning that in. <laughs> I, I think the only thing Michael Jackson said to Huey Lewis is, go, go away. <laughs> <laughs> it was the reverse. It was like, Move aren't you shot. Michael Jackson? Yes. Yeah. Don't you think that Ray <laughs> Parker Jr. ripped me <laughs> yeah, off? Probably. <laughs> go away from me. Uh, Sean Casey, sponsored by Fatheads Brewery, joining us right now. What's up, Case? I, I think the only thing Huey Lewis says is, I want a new drug. Yeah. One that won't make me sick. Dude, that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm telling you right now that, like, uh, he's, that's what his whole obsession was about. We were just talking about is that Ray Parker Jr. stole that melody for the Ghostbusters song. It's oh, the, my God. Did, I did not know that. Yeah, no, he literally did. He literally. I want a new drug and Ghostbusters. It's the same thing. I ain't afraid of no ghost. I ain't afraid of no Percocet. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, yeah. Ray Parker, he marketed it better, Ray. Yeah. You know, yeah. Figure out if, uh, that's unbelievable. All right, so this is a non-baseball question, but because uh, I made a joke yeah. before you were on. So we were talking about uh, Joe Meganello. It was on uh, a talk show the yeah. other night talking about his prom date when he went to Lebo. And I jokingly said, coming up, Joe Meganello's prom date, Sean Casey joins mm-hmm. us. And Bill, <laughs> and, and Bill said, I bet Sean Casey has a prom story. <laughs> Do I have a, I have a, I have a couple. No, I have a prom story. But it's nothing great. Like I just I just I was like the, I was the dude in high school. I'm like I was always kind of like you know all my buddies and I'm yeah. I was like you know Beeves getting all the women you know and I'm yeah, always you know, getting like, all the women. But okay, I'm like how's he? Yeah, I'm like what the yeah. heck's going on here? I'm like and I'm like the nice friend. Like hey, Sean's the nice friend. I'm like you gotta be kidding me. Like here we are. Like. <laughs> Junior, senior, I, I want some like I want the good-looking girls. Why, why, why am I getting the calls late night to talk about my buddies? Hey, this guy said, you know, they screwed me over. This guy said this. I'm like, all right, you know. So, <laughs> you know, 
I went to prom, but it was not, you know, it was not. I went with Junko and a couple other guys. I remember, I remember, I was so tired. I look back at the prom pictures lately. I had these tired glasses, like they were like the size of my face. I don't know if that was in back then. Oh, it's yeah. Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. <laughs> I have a lot of yeah, those. totally Sally Jesse Raphael. I'm like, what the hell? Did that, what, when did I think that was good looking? Like, I get in the mirror, got my tux on, I put these glasses on. I look like, you know, I, I, I look like literally, I don't even know who I was like, Bozo the Clown. I'm like, why, 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 why would I? No wonder the girls are. No wonder the girls are calling me to tell me about my buddies wearing these glasses. You look like the Six Flags guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Case, let, let's uh, let's pivot to baseball here. I mean, O'Neill Cruz, I understand why he wasn't up. All right, it makes sense to me. You know, I get it. Uh, he comes up immediately, and he's super pissed about it because he's like, what do you all been waiting for? Look what I can do. Like, in a way, I'm wondering if the outburst of performance we've seen from him was inspired by the organization keeping him down if he feels like he's got an axe to grind is he one of those guys or is he just so uber talented that we can expect this level from him uh, consistently uh, I think he's uber talented. I think there's a little bit of both. I think <clears throat> I think when you're down there till June and you know that you probably should have broke camp with the team, you know, you're a little you're a little ticked off, man. And but I I like that. I mean, I like that I always feel like when you get great players that, that you give them another chip on their shoulder, you know, that's a good thing. So, you know, for me, when I watch Cruz, man, this kid's just just special. You know, that you saw the cannon he has from short. It reminds me of, remember Sean Dunstan, like, oh, back yeah. in the day in, in Chicago? You're like, man, no one's ever going to have an arm like that. Like, like Cruz's arm reminds me a lot of Dunstan. Uh, um, but, you know, th- this guy can play. He's going to be ex- an exciting player. Um, but I, I love I love that he's come up and really you know driving in runs. He's making that diving play he made last night. You know, it, it, for for fans, especially Pirate fans, you know, when you go to a game, you know, this is a guy that could that could wow you every night. And I think that's cool for cool for the Pirates. Sean, you played first base. Have you ever caught a uh, a throw that was ninety seven miles per hour? And would that piss you off? Would you go to him in between innings and go, hey, uh, hey, Nolan Ryan, take a little <laughs> off the heater? What are you doing? <laughs> that can't you know, feel so great much. to catch. Well, you know what? I don't. I, I've I've had I've caught some cans from guys. I don't think anything like that. That's a, that's a really a special arm. But you know, it's 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 funny, Bill. You it, it, you remind me of the play, the one play when the second baseman has to come in, right? And he's on the run, and he's got to make mm-hmm. that throw. But yet he's twelve feet from you. So I'm like, oh god! Like, I, you know, you see, yeah. you see, you see it coming. Here comes the second baseman, and he just throws it. Like, what is he? Does, who does he think I am? Like, I'm not like superhuman here. Like, you can't throw a ball 91 miles an hour from 12 feet away. I've almost gotten killed a few times. So like, like I've come into the dugout. I'm like, bro, what's going on? I know, I know. Like, let's just let's just give him the hit because you almost killed me right let's there. Just give him the hit. <laughs> So, all right, I mean, there's a couple of things happening with the Buckos right now that are exciting. The young guys are generating a lot of excitement. There's no doubt about it. Like I said about O'Neill Cruz, I'm not going to, like, get, you know, down in the mouth with Leo. Well, you'll just be a Yankee one day. I'm going to enjoy it while he's here and enjoy the baseball, you know? I know that he will. And that wasn't like a shot at you, Mike. I think a lot of people are like that because they're, I mean, you know, past this prologue, you just kind of know. But... There are some other signs that maybe finally things are turning around and they're sticking to a plan that just might work. 
I mean, I kind of, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. I, I mean, I, you know, when you, you know, the, you know, Matt just coming up, he's got a nice swing. Cruz has been good. Sawinski, I mean, is really taking it by out. storm with the, the power he's hit, the three home runs he hit. There's a lot of good young players. I mean, even Michael Chavis, you know, is still not that old. I think he's 27, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he came up with the Red Sox. You know when when Ben Charrington was there as you know as a stud, they were like they thought he was going to be you know this prospect and kind of fizzled out over there. But he's you know really played well here so far. You have Reynolds signed, Brian Hayes is signed. There's a lot of good young kids. Contreras in that in the Tyone trade and that rotation's been pretty good. You know Quintana, I'm, I'm sure he's we're not going to keep him long, but he's been nice in that rotation. He's pitched well. So the young kids, though, when you see these kids, I mean, you, 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 do, you do get excited about maybe the future of what the Pirates, you know, are, are, are developing. Case, a guy that's impressed me as much as anybody, and this even includes how splashy O'Neill Cruz has been in, in his first couple of games here, but Bednar is a lot more than a gimmicky local guy that likes to play Renegade when he comes in the game. I know he gave up <laughs> Sunday. But I mean, this guy. Uh, to quote uh, Bull Durham, this guy has got some serious stuff. I, he's he's about oh. as legit as there is right now. Coming into closeout games, is he not? Oh, he's an absolute star. Are you kidding me? And I love that he's a Pittsburgher. You know, I, mean, I love that you know. Uh, but you know, it, it, listen. If you've got a one-three ERA and, and you're, you I always I always look to see with guys stuff. You know, you got to look at the strikeouts to innings pitch. You know, he's only got he's got thirty-four strikeouts. <clears throat> he's got. 48 innings, uh, 48 punch outs and 34 innings pitch. I mean, that to me is dominant stuff. You know, that's late inning fuel. You know, guy throws mid to upper 90s, pounds the strike zone. So, you know, their, their bullpen has been really good. But Bednar, he, you know, he's been an absolute stud. Uh, all right. Last thing for you, Case. Wednesday's loss to the Cubs. Buckos uh, only dropped one to the Cubbies. In the ninth inning of that game, Cubs reliever David Robertson. 14 seasons in the majors, had his first at bat, which is crazy. 696 mm. games, has his first at wow. bat, strikes out. All right. Uh, just terrible, miserable. Uh, <laughs> but I'm wondering, we see a lot of pitchers who are pretty good at hitting the ball. Is there anybody that you remember being spectacularly scared or horrible at the plate? Oh yeah, I, I got a couple. Uh, Rick Ank, Rick Ankiel, Obviously, he became an outfielder, but when he used to pitch, you're like, is "This guy, I can't believe this guy's a pitcher." You know, he'd come up, and you know, I'd be at first base holding a guy on, and they, and Ankiel would come up, and I'm like, "I'm, I'm genuinely think he's going to hit a bullet here." Like, so he was the one pitcher. I was like, "This guy's really good." Um, Maddox was a good Maddox was a pretty decent hitter. Greg Maddox, you know, back when you're like, okay, he could he could handle handle the stick, and so could Tom Glavin. Those guys were were pretty good. Uh, and then you had like Al Leiter. You remember Al Leiter with oh, the yeah. Mets? Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 Leiter couldn't even get a bunt down. You'd be like, all right, <laughs> you're like, don't even worry about the swing, guys. But we can't even get a bunt down. So when we whenever we would plan for our bunt defenses. You know, we would get together and they'd be like, "All right, Case." And as the first baseman, you know, you're trying to crash down on the on the on the guy bunting to to maybe you know make him make a different decision or just to put pressure on him that he can see you coming. So our whole thing was, "Hey, Case, whenever lighter you know goes the bunt, make sure you know you know what he's had for breakfast." You know, what I mean, you're in his face. You know, you're just like so. So lighter would. <laughs> 
because they say if he pulls the bat back to bunt slash, he's not hitting it. You know, so right. I remember just like the first time coming down on Al Leiter because he was such a bad hitter. And I got really close, and he did bunt slash. And it's like, it's so scary when you're five feet from some guy and a guy takes a swing, and you're like, well, what if he does hit this and hits it off, rock it off my teeth? <laughs> this isn't good either. But the, but the scouting report was right. Al never touched the ball when I was right down his throat. So, you know, he, so that he, he was the worst I've ever seen. I mean, now you got Otani, you got guys who are like actually, you know, he's all, incredible. Like, yeah. But. Oh. Remember when Randy Johnson uh, would be at bat? He had a home run one time. I think he has one home run. Like just seeing that enormous dude at the plate, like it's it's hard to imagine. Like his strike zone was pretty big. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he was, and his helmet didn't fit him. You're like, well, can we get Randy a helmet that fits? You know what I mean? Like, this guy's got like a nine head. Yeah. You know what I mean, everyone's got like. <laughs> Uh, he looks like Jeff Foxworthy if somebody turned him into a monster, like trying to <laughs> just put bolts in his neck and <laughs> blew him up. <laughs> That's so true. But, yeah, you're right. He was so big up there and so awkward, too. Like, he, I've seen Randy get some hits, but, like, really, like, grinding to, like, swing the bat. You know what I mean? Like, all right, stay on the mound. Yeah. Has anybody ever incinerated a bird like he did since he did that? Because that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in baseball. That is crazy. I, I've, I've never seen anyone else do that. And he, I guess when, for a while there, when you asked him about that bird, like in, in interviews, he was pissed off. Like he felt so bad that he killed that bird. But that bird just, he must not have been, uh, you know, talking to air traffic control when he came through that. <laughs> what, yeah. I mean, which, which is le- uh, uh, a less likely way to die as a bird, from a Randy Johnson fastball or Fabio on a roller coaster? <laughs> Remember when that bird hit him right in the face? Pulled oh, into the station with a bloody nose. Yeah. Oh. Sean Casey, the mayor, sponsored by Fat's he- Fatheads this morning on DVE. Love you, Case. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good weekend, buddy. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Thanks. Man. All right, Val's up next. DVE. It's not that hard to do when everyone chips in to help. The All Request Electric Ford store. Allegheny County Republican Chair Sam DeMarco is one of the so-called alternate electors involved in the ongoing 2020 presidential election investigation. Post-Gazette reports DeMarco has been interviewed by FBI agents about the process. The alternate elector slate signed by DeMarco and other Pennsylvania Republicans state that it would have been valid only if Donald Trump would have won one of several legal challenges to the election results. DeMarco says that the matter ended when those legal challenges failed. The district attorney in Napa County, California, is announcing criminal complaints are being filed against Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, for his May 28th DUI crash. The DA says his blood alcohol content was .082. TMZ reporting two misdemeanor charges will include DUI causing injury. He was involved in a car accident while behind the wheel of his 2021 Porsche. House Speaker Nancy was not with him at the time of the incident. The driver of the other vehicle reported shoulder and neck pain and sought treatment from his own doctor. Well, here's a good question as we are officially into summer. Is it socially acceptable to wear socks at the beach? Not socks and sandals. Just, just socks. socks. Just socks? No, why would you want to get sand yeah, in why, your socks? Why would you want to do that? I don't know. A woman in Australia posted a video after her American boyfriend embarrassed her by doing just such a thing. <laughs> she didn't offer an explanation, just a photo. 
Uh, he's shirtless and in a bathing suit, but also has ankle socks on. Mm. Uh, one potential benefit, you protect your feet from the hot sand, but mm-hmm. you can wear those shower sandals for that, probably. Yeah, the slides. Yeah. A few people on TikTok comments said they do uh, they do the same thing. They do it too. They wear socks to the beach. So I other than Maybe the it's heat, a thing you're missing out on what it's. I mean, fashion wise, what are we even talking about? But if you're just trying to protect your feet from well, people wear scorched to the beach. So it's true on their feet. <laughs> it's not the Sports Illustrated uh, calendar out there. No, you know, you think I got to look good for the beach, and then you get to the beach and you think I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to be okay. I I always thought, like, am I going to Sandcastle? Can I walk around with my shirt off? And then you go to Sandcastle and go, I'm in the top 20% of physiques in this establishment right now. I always try to find the worst-looking people and set a mm-hmm. camp next to them. Yeah. I mean, I was at this beach in Puerto Rico, and I was like, everyone's too good-looking here, man. Mm-hmm. Like, let's scooch over next to that fat guy so I look good. <laughs> It's uncomfortable for me going to the beach with my children because now there is a trend where um, girls' entire asses are out. Their their whole asses are out. There's not a lot of bathing suit going around. Is it a thong or just a skin? Okay. It's a full thong. Both cheeks are presented. There There was a girl laying down where I'm like, I don't, I can't see. If there's a bathing suit, I can't see it. (laughs) And I'm walking up out of the ocean with my daughter. I'm like, I don't know, trying to start a conversation. Look at the pier over there. What is that a pelican? <laughs> Look at that shiny thing over there. There needs to be All a right. cheek police going around. The cheek police. <laughs> and, and just kind of like poke you in the butt if it's a... Right, yeah. I think people do over. actually get cheek. flagged for that cheek on police. some beaches. Yeah. Like How do you get that job? Come over and that be seems, like, hey, uh, seems like a nice, relaxing thing to do with your life. I'm just looking around for butts. If mm-hmm. I see a butt, I let them know. I, uh, I have, uh, I, I, I just grew up with the uh, ability to be able to do this thing. You know, I got an affinity for butts, and uh, I can sniff them out. <laughs> it was funny because I'm sitting on the beach one day with uh, with Joey O'Connell from Penn Hills, and he's like. It's unbelievable out here. <laughs> like he's he's appalled by it. He's but don't like, I'm you, just trying to walk down a boardwalk. <laughs> don't you think that there's never been a point in time where someone was at the beach and didn't say something along the lines of, "Boy, they're wearing less and less out here." <laughs> oh yeah, like it's always been a sentiment, and it probably says more about what your age is. Right. Like now, I'm noticing that more because I'm. I'm sensitive because I'm there with my daughter. Yeah, that has a whole lot to do with it. But at some point, somebody was appalled to see a knee. Yeah. I saw her whole calf muscle just right there. Your and then, bathing costume isn't covering enough. Like, yeah. on the flip side, something that's just kind of, like, funny to me now, but the guys who have really long board shorts and, you know, maybe like a back surgery scar. That's an odd combo to notice. No, but it's just like they're what you know they're they're walking in a very pained faced way to the ocean, and they've just you know half of their crack is out, not intentionally, and <laughs> there's a just a massive scar with a big gut hanging over. Oh yeah, not not huge, but. Dad bod. But rock solid. But that's like, all right, so I get that, like, so I think that fashion right now is favoring 
loose clothing and things like that, which is nice coming out of the pandemic. It's good. We're not putting too much pressure on each other. But whereas like the perception and skimpy of both in. Right. But like women's body types, what is now being considered like sexy is a lot different than what it used to be. I don't want to say it's like quite Rubenesque, but like it's the Lizzo effect, the, the Lizzo effect. Yeah. And I'm all for it. That's awesome. But I don't think the same thing's happening for guys. I don't know if there's like a lot of heavy dudes out there who are just like, you know what? I'm just gonna strutting their gonna stuff. wear tight shirts and not care. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bar eleven last night um, proves me wrong. Would prove that that yeah. opinion wrong. Yeah, guys are just just don't care. Like, let me wear a shirt now. Unbutton it. It's probably way, way healthier, right? To have that like that attitude. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I would mean, say. yeah. I don't know if it's actually healthy. <laughs> well, it no. doesn't yeah. look insanely healthy, but yeah. yeah, it's probably better for your psyche. Healthy for your mind, not healthy for your health. Not not, <laughs> not healthy that way. Right. Jordan wish- Peterson got so upset about this, he quit Twitter. He he, he was crying so much about. Them having a plus size woman on the swimsuit issue at Sports Illustrated, he he quit Twitter. He just couldn't handle it. It's probably best for him yeah. and everyone else. Which I don't understand. That's like showing a pizza and going, "That's disgusting," and other people are like, "No, we love it." You're wrong. I quit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it can only be thin slices. Yeah. No Sicilian, dude. You don't have to eat the pizza. Attractive is different to everybody. Exactly. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, like. like a great example of this is last night the NBA draft is happening. Three of the players picked in the first round's moms went viral just because they're like, look at her. Oh, wow. Somebody had a meme up on Father's <laughs> Day about that. Like, uh, it's Father's Day. And so if you've ever been wondering if my dad is effable, I'm about to find the most effable period of my dad's life and post a picture so that you can fawn over how hot my dad was. And people do it with their moms, too. That's not what I did with Gene. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Him as he is. <laughs> you don't find Gene at his most handsome? Uh, it, uh, ask him to see his uh, college graduation photo uh, with a massive tuft of unkempt hair and giant <laughs> sideburns. Oh, dude, I want to see oh, it. Oh, please. My uncle saw it and said, ah, yes, you majored in Bolshevik studies. That's <laughs> he looked like he's part of the, mm-hmm. like, uh, well, it's uh, like Karl Marx. Continental, uh, the Constitutional Convention or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I've seen this meme on Instagram a ton, and it's a, a black and white picture of these very pretty young girls with, like, hip huggers and belly shirts on mm-hmm. and it says hey kids this is what your grandmas looked like in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about yeah it's yeah it's it's true but like i never want to go find like some picture for of my mom for like people to be like oh your mom's hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's weird yeah why would you do that i don't know but people do that kind of stuff mm. they're like oh look how hot my parents were back in the day I see I, I i do I don't know. Do guys do that with their moms on the internet? Because I I could see g- girls doing that. Girls like, do it with their mom more than guys do. I think guys are pretty protective. Guys always like they want the oldest picture of their mom <laughs> when she looked the most momish. Yes. Yeah. It, and if you're one of those cursed people with a hot mom, I, I just I think you don't show pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a nightmare. Quiet. Yeah, you got. I mean, think about Kim Kardashian's children. Like, how are they going to grow up? They, well, the That's, kid fl- like was. I read the thing the other day. I'm not paying attention. Don't worry, Val. He he said something like her 14 year old is like everyone that follows you is a weirdo, and I hate them all. 
Like, how could they not think that other than, well, that's right. why you live in a gold palace, kid. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so just think, while you're in bed, sleeping at night, microscopic bugs may be having an orgy on your face. British, wow. British researchers, you know that when you lay down to go to sleep tonight, you're going to think of this. Bug cocky. <laughs> oh. British researchers say tiny mites are living on our bodies without us really even mm-hmm. knowing about it. They say there are 48,000 species of mites, mm-hmm. including two which are known to live on human faces. Stop. These little wigglers bury themselves head no. down in our hair follicles and feed off the oils. Mm. Every so often, they crawl out to the surface of our skin to have a little vodio dough. <laughs> Scientists say the male mites lie down and the females get on top to do their business as they Whoa. both hold on to human hair for support. Mm. Oh, they even happen. pull hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm fine. just going to wake up in the middle of the night now and go, pull my hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's all fine as long as i never hear about it so thanks Val. appreciate it yeah i like how they they described that this is what you know like biologists do this stuff like they're totally getting horny on this they're like and then the other one climbs on top of the the female we're putting mics in your hair every night now we want to hear what's going on well sometimes i think if they throw stuff like uh you know like they pull each other they pull on your hair while they do it Someone's like, just put that in there. See if anybody says anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how could they know? Like, nobody's going to call us on that. What, are they going to get under a microscope? No way. Well, if you're a fan of Sting or the police and you want to make a road trip, Sting is extending his Las Vegas residency into 2023. He announced he'll add six new Vegas show dates in April of next year. His residency at the Caesars Palace Coliseum began in October of 2021, and the shows offer a mix of Sting's greatest hits and music from his newest album, The Bridge. And tickets for those April shows are on sale now. I bet all of the mites just gather on Sting's head to Mm -hmm. watch him make love. Like, they're like, guys, we, like, I mean, obviously I'm horny, but you got to get a load of this guy. I mean, this, this is incredible. He will never live that down. The mites on his face bang for seven hours at a time. (laughs) Tantric bug sex. Of course he's extending the residency. He can't stop doing anything. (laughs) Michael J. Fox will be awarded an honorary Oscar for his efforts to help cure Parkinson's disease. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences said on Wednesday it will present the actor with a Gene Herschelt humanitarian award at the governor's awards in november he was diagnosed with parkinson's in 1991 and he founded the michael j fox foundation for parkinson's research in 2000 he has won five emmys four golden globes a grammy and two screen actors guild awards but has never been nominated for an oscar and back to the future is coming to broadway the musical based on the 1985 hit film starring michael j fox and christopher lloyd not expected to uh be on stage until next year the show opened in london's west end last year where it won best new musical at the 2022 olivier awards there's no word yet on who will play marty mcfly or doc brown on broadway it's gonna be so good it has to be i don't care if it's bad i'm going to see it and Uh, it's pretty expensive though 
I mean, I I know, but that Spider-Man Don't Touch Me There um, mm -hmm. musical was so good. Oh, when they were just like Daffy ducking, uh, ducking the uh, Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Well, they made them, they, they the made them fly out over the audience. And I think uh, one of the Spider-Men lost uh, a limb or like a yeah. finger or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they were just catapulting Spider-Man into the walls and in the mezzanine and stuff. That's why people were going. They're like, let's maybe we'll see like an evil Knievel destruction of the the uh, Spider Man tonight. Mm -hmm. It was so good though, and I think that there's a lot of '80s movies. What was that it called? Ripe. It was Spider Man. Turn, turn off, the, turn off the dark. Turn off the dark. <laughs> we were calling it Spider Man. Don't touch me there. Yeah. Spider Man. No means no. There was show a me. lot of different versions of show it. Show me on the Green Goblin doll where he touched <laughs> you. There was a video going around. There's, I guess, in one of the new Marvel areas at one of the theme parks. There's like an animatronic Spider Man that's kind of going back and forth between buildings, just at all times. You know, he just. Mm -hmm. And the, the animatronic just malfunctioned, and Spider-Man just kind of cascaded through the air and whacked off the side of a building and yep. fell to... So, I'm just glad for the parents who said, hey, hey, kid, look, at look, there's Spider-Man. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Spider-Man's dead now. Oh, it could, have been, it could have been way worse. Like, there were fight scenes in that musical where the Green Goblin and Spider-Man were fighting... Both suspended on cables over the audience. Jeez. And then Bono came out suspended <laughs> to sing the song. And finally, Joe Manganello of Mount Lebanon was on Jimmy Kimmel Live this week. Sean Hayes was a guest host. He talked about prom night at Mount Lebanon High School. Start rehearsing Oklahoma, and of course, you know, I start getting along with the, the school's, you know, Van Damme actress, uh, you know, and she was in the play, and um, she had the, it was the 90s, so she had the Uma Thurman Pulp Fiction. Sure, you know, sure. It was like hot. Watch her back, yeah. Yeah, and um, so, so we started dating, but, but everybody had asked... Their, for their prom dates months before. So right, so everybody was, already, was, everybody was hitched. Yeah, everybody was hitched. And she was going with this guy that, like, I don't know, I knew he was harmless, you know? And uh, yeah. I was like, it's okay if you go with him, it's all, it's all right. Yeah. And um, so she, you know, she went to prom, and I drove down to Pittsburgh Southside. There was this great old independent theater called the Rex Theater, and they had the director's cut of hmm. Blade Runner. Uh-huh. And so I just went to see Blade Runner by myself. Wow. On prom, on prom, prom night. night. Yeah, it was prom and I'm at Blade Runner. Sounds fine to me. Yeah, was that supposed to be sad? Yeah. No, it was just a different prom night. It's I like that. It's a Pittsburgh story that he told on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I love it. So. That he still dragged that dude 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... I could have banged his girlfriend, and uh, I was like, yeah, you go ahead and take her to prom and keep your illusions alive, and uh, the second I want to turn on the charm, she's mine, so I'm going to watch Blade Runner, you you pay for her prom, and uh, we'll see who ends up the winner here. I wonder when he started getting hot, because he, he posted that one picture of him that he would just look dorky, which well, I, every kid does, but... I'm friends with a bunch of people that went to high school with him, and, mm -hmm. um, and girls that he won in particular, he was like fawning over forever and when he came in the studio the one time i remember telling him hey i'm friends with so-and-so and he's like for real he's like how's she doing and he, he still had it in his way and then he asked me about a couple other people too and he's like do, do you know so-and-so how's she i'm like there's just something about your high school brain it's like the start of you becoming that caveman 
that you, you'll just never let go of your high school crushes or at least having some sort of, huh, I wonder whatever happened to. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. It, now it's a little different with Facebook and everything, but I doubt that he's like very active on social media or has yeah. been for a long time. But Well, one thing I know about Mount Lebanon is that if he ever wants to run into his old crushes, all he has to do is go back and hang out in Mount Lebanon. Yeah, they don't leave. Because they're all there. They don't leave. <laughs> or they leave and come back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They leave they, when they, whenever they start making their families and ha- like yeah. getting married. No, they they want to raise their kids here. Yeah, they go back to Lebo. Uh, he was promoting his new show on AMC Plus, which uh, won't air till next year. It's called Moonhaven. I got to get to the bottom of who that who he's talking about. The dude. I, I want to know the dude who got basically like you know. Yeah, you're harm. He he must have been hot as a senior because if some other guy was harmless, then he was like. He's like, I knew he was harmless. Yeah. <laughs> guy's probably a lawyer now. Oh, he's so <laughs> downtown. Upset to, he's so upset to hear that. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's probably been like, oh yeah, man, Joe and I were friends in high school, yeah. and he was friends with my girlfriend. They were in yeah. Oklahoma together. Anyways, yeah. no, I think he had a crush on her, but whatever. No, we were dating for a long time, and he never, harmless. Har- yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's in the gym today, just going super oh, dude, hard he's on going chest. Hard. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's at LA Fitness in Bridgeville going crazy. Yeah, he's, I'm doing two a days now. Screw me. you. The people are like, hey, Harmless Harry, you got those IP reports I'm waiting for? Sunny mid-80s for the high today in 65 at DVE. Mike's got your sports next on the DVE Morning Show. Whether you're commuting from work or just driving around to get out of the house and stay sane, Chad Tyson. Sports is now brought to you by Dormont Appliance. You can't say the Pirates are surging, but they have won three of four in the wake of yesterday's 8-7 to seven extra inning triumph over the Cubs. Uh, the Pirates getting a big lead early and then blowing that and coming from behind to tie it late and send the game into extra innings and then winning it in the 10th. Now it is on to Tampa, a three-game series against the Rays that begins tonight. Uh, Mitch Keller... JT Brubaker and Ronzi Contreras are going to get the ball tonight, Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. The Rays will counter with Jeffrey Springs, Corey Kluber, and Shane McClanahan on Sunday. McClanahan 7-3 and three with a 1.81 ERA. That's who Contreras has drawn. Keller will be opposed tonight by Jeffrey Springs, who's 3-2 and two with a 2.00 ERA. Kluber, who pitches the middle game of the series, 3-4 and four with a 3.46 E-R-A. Uh, O'Neal Cruz not o- O'Neal Cruz, excuse me, not dominating yesterday, but he did manage to drive in another run, part of his one for four day that also included a run scored. Uh, O'Neal Cruz, the third player since 1920 to drive in at least one run in his first six major league games. Uh, Dale Alexander of the Tigers did that in 1929, and George Shuba of the Brooklyn Dodgers did it in 1948. Randy, I've studied a lot of baseball history. I'd never heard of either one of those guys. Oh, Shuba saw... Shuba? You never heard of him? <laughs> no. <laughs> before I saw this stuff. Oh, Shuba. <laughs> Stanley Cup Final, Game 5 tonight, and the Avalanche poised to wrap it up in five and win the Stanley Cup Championship over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado achieved that three games to one series lead with a 3-2 overtime triumph in Tampa in Game 4 and... Should the Avalanche prevail tonight, who's your Con Smythe guy? Or is that to be determined? Ooh. That's a tough one. Because they really have done it. You could give it to a bunch of players. Good in game four. 
Uh, Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog have been the two highest scoring forwards. They're both tied for seventh in playoff scoring with 21 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinnon got a goal the other night, but that was his first of the final. It was just a deflection off his skate. It was skate. off his skate, yeah. wasn't really anything he did special. How about defenseman Kale McCarr? He is uh, third in playoff scoring with 27 points. Wow. Mm. He's, he's got two goals in the Stanley Cup final, and he is averaging 27 minutes and nine seconds of ice time a game. Definitely could give it to him. Assuming he does anything tonight in there. How many to... defensemen have won? That's a the great Conn question. Because that seems like that would be some rarefied air. I wouldn't think many, but uh, being handed a big trophy would not be anything unusual for Kale McCarr. He won the Hobie Baker Award in 2019 as the best player in college hockey. He won the Calder Trophy in 2022 as the NHL's best rookie. And this season, he won the James Norris Trophy as the best defenseman. In the NHL, you're holding up ten fingers, Randy. Does that mean ten defensemen have won the Conn Smythe Award? It do. Wow, that's probably Man. I would I would have guessed it would have been fewer than that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Nineteen centers, seventeen goaltenders, ten defensemen, right winger seven times, left wingers. Uh, Bob Gainey of Montreal and Alexander Ovechkin are the only two left wingers to ever get it. Bob Gainey in '79, Ovechkin obviously. 2018. Yeah. Victor Hedman won it in 2020. Oh, okay. I mean, this might be a Google search before then. Yeah. Yeah. Did Bobby Orr ever win it? Um, hold on. I mean, yes. it's it's the rarest of the, you know, the players that win the Conn Smythe. The defenseman is the most rare. Bobby Orr won in 70 and 72. Yeah, a lot of times it just goes to the leading scorer. Yeah, or the goal, or, or the, the goaltender, mm-hmm. and you know those those are guys. Obviously, that's contribution throughout. It's supposed to be throughout the postseason, but I also think it gets weighted uh, to what you do in the final. They don't have a version of like I'm going to Disney World in Canada. There's no I'm going to Canada's Wonderland or anything like that. If you win the Conn Smythe, hmm. I'm going to Banff. I'm going to Banff. <laughs> going to Banff, and I'm bringing what? everybody with me. Western Canada is spectacular. I, that's my next vacation, man. I want to go to Banff. And Toronto. So really I can say cool Banff too. over and over. Banff. It sounds, it sounds like a Merrill Hodgetown. <laughs> Banff. <laughs> it's not actually all that far from uh, Merrill Country. Well, I'm going to tell you home. what. Banff. <laughs> you can throw a potato out there. Yeah. I'll tell you what about Banff. Factor Banff. <laughs> <laughs> According to Ian Rappaport, uh, Larry Ogunjobi can earn up to $8 million with the Steelers for that one-year deal he signed this week, including incentives. And uh, that's a good deal for him and a good deal for Pittsburgh because the Steelers needed not just depth along the defensive line. They needed a guy who can play defensive line. Uh, I thought initially that uh, Ogunjobi would probably be more inclined to wait till training camps opened and maybe some injuries occur and the market ratchets up a little bit but he apparently wanted to be here and uh they definitely did the right thing getting that taken care of what i love about it mike is that now you have a horse so that you can cycle in guys like louder milk and leal to do what they're capable of doing which is show some splash with less time less snaps takes the pressure off a young guy having to perform you know 
be an impact player maybe before he's ready right. to be an impact player. And it gives you that rotation up front. Now you got him. You got uh, Montrevious Adams. Uh, you got Tyson Alualu back. Injury, you know, while still damaging, would be less devastating. Uh, and uh, you keep that defensive line fresh and keep that pass rush coming. Good things can happen. Good stuff, Mike. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get on FanDuel Casino because right now new customers can play risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you don't win, FanDuel will refund you 100% of your net losses up to $1,000. Play your favorite table games and hundreds of slots for real cash and see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers streaming from our live dealer studio in Michigan. And if you ever have a question... Our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino by going to FanDuel.com slash Randy today to play risk-free up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Randy. Got to be 21 or older, present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Casino, Stardust Casino, or Betfair Casino in New Jersey. Refund issued is null travel site credit that expires in seven days. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's your chance to win a VIP trip for two to Las Vegas to see Roger Waters live in concert, first-class airfare, front-row tickets, and more from AEG. Wow. Text the nationwide keyword, Roger, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's Roger to 200-200. John's is the most... It's Randy Bauman in the DB Morning Show with Val Porter, Bill Crawford, our friend Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine hanging out with us this morning. Uh, to recap Sean's movie reviews from earlier, Elvis. Uh, I like it. Just if, if you're uh, asleep, it'll wake you up. If you're hopped up, it'll put you in. A, if you're on mushrooms, you'll die. You'll die yeah. in that theater. <laughs> it's just sensory overload that's for a way to get a blur if you're on mushrooms you'll die that's yeah. a that's a good blur that's how i get on the poster i, I have the feeling though. that like remember when myron was like i hate that you know christine aguilera does the anthem and it just doesn't that's not supposed to sound like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the people who agree with myron <laughs> are going to hate this movie well and because like in uh gatsby there's like moments that are mashup-y there's moments of like modern hip-hop floating in not when elvis is on stage but in some of the score moments yeah. there are going to be people who just want him to want the movie to shut up and sing hound Dog. well yeah. it's kind of like how all of a sudden in the jackie robinson movie mm-hmm. jay-z starts playing yeah you're like, I don't know if Jay-Z was around <laughs> for the Jackie Robinson era. That's, hey, he did Romeo and Juliet. They were driving around L.A. firing guns at each other. This is what this guy True. does. It's, what it's he, his thing. It is his mm-hmm. thing. Um, I love how Myron had a had a commentary on what somebody sounds like. <laughs> the, the, the guy with the most unique and off color sounding voice, he thought maybe it, of all time. He thought it wasn't pleasing to the ear. That he used to do every Monday morning on our show, and I've told this story before, but it's just so uh, it's all I think of with him is he would turn on his microphone that was like satellited over to us and I could cue it. I could listen to it before we put him on the air. And it was Myron drinking coffee in the morning and I always thought that that would be like the best record to sell to Pittsburghers. It's just like, you know, I have white noise records and stuff yeah. like that, like you know, recordings. <laughs> just, this puts you to sleep. Myron drinking coffee and it was all this. <laughs> 
And I just could picture him there, and I knew he was in his boxer shorts with a tank top tee on, <laughs> hairy shoulders, and holding a cup of coffee. Was he sucking a lung dart also? Oh, he probably had a butt going, too. There's no doubt. He was a legend. Yeah. You know, you always call me the legendary voice of the Steelers, Randy, and I gotta say, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm like... God. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think Not the least. I'm like, I think you're okay with it, buddy. Yeah, he was he, it was almost it was almost a required oh. prerequisite. I'd see him at lunch at Atria's every once in a while in Lebo. You'd be a couple cocktails in. Hey, hey there's my cohort. <laughs> I may be I may be one of few media people who can say they've seen him in his boxers. Well, he, when, as Scott and Jim or, were doing the show, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> out at. This is when I was an intern, mm-hmm. and uh, there Let's was, hope you're the only one. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. There, Well, whoever was in the room, it was me, Scott, Jim, and, you know, Anthony was there, yeah. Boo Boo. Um, so I was an intern then, and they had to get special permission for me to go into that building because Chuck Knoll had a hard, fast rule, no women in the dorms. Because everybody is in their boxers. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, you know, it's, you know, no. Tomfoolery. No chickens in the fox house, you know, I guess is yeah. really what so, he was thinking back then. I'm just minding my own business. Now, the coffee maker was in there and there was a cooler with drinks and stuff. So I'm just, you know, staying in there like I'm supposed to. I don't go out. And here comes Myron in the door and his shuffling his feet in his boxers. And he sees me and he says, Yoy, there's a woman in here. (laughs) (laughs) Training camp ain't what it used to be. Oh, man. What year was that? 1990. All right. So, I mean, okay, it's 32 years ago. So it's not exactly like in his limited defense. It wasn't like there was as many women involved in sports. It was still a relatively like it was an issue. Very few. Yeah. 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 And I I think it was more, you know, all these guys like just weren't used to it. They just didn't want women, you know, wandering the halls of the dorms. I I think Chuck Noll didn't want (laughs) want his players to. Just be around women, period. Uh, it was a different time. We've oh, come yeah. a long way. We've yeah, come definitely. a long way. Now, yeah, that was back when everybody was in the same dorm back then. Mm-hmm. It was the, the players and coaches, and then the media was on the third floor of Bonaventure Hall. And uh, this used to happen almost every day. We'd go down and watch practice in the afternoon, and then everybody has to go back up to their dorm room and start writing their stories for whatever newspaper they worked for. And Cope would be walking up and down the hall yelling, who wants a toddy? <laughs> like, like, Myron, appreciate it, but we got work to do. You, you knew he was checking in for camp because you'd hear the clinking of the glass bottles <laughs> in the two brown paper bags he was carrying. He was down consistent. The he was one in a million, man. I, I so lucky I got to hang around him a little bit. Yeah, over I mean, the years. just just one in a million. An amazing writer in the day who actually got fame for his radio work but he was a brilliant journalist and what a what a character she was like yinzer yoda he yeah. was like yeah. super wise and like Little. yeah he was small and yeah i carried him around on my back and we jumped <laughs> i did yeah front flips and do you think when he passed all of a sudden it was just a pile of terrible towels where he once was <laughs> 
terrible tallies, poised to strike. To strike. <laughs> was Yoy like uh, a Yiddishism. word for all seasons? Like, could he use it as a surprise, which he used in, it's like Aloha. in vows? Oh, yeah. yeah. It can mean anything. Yoy! Yoy, where's my car? This is such Yoy? a thoughtful gift. Yoy. <laughs> Yoy. <laughs> I gotta Yoy, go to the bathroom. Yoy. Yoy, am I mad at that guy? Stepped on a big pile of yoy. Yoy. You caught me with my yoy in my hand. <laughs> I love the holidays. Yoy to the world. <laughs> uh, the great Myron Cope. You know, Madden hates him, and that it's an, it annoys me that Madden hates him because I don't know. I embrace Why? that. Madden hates a lot of people. Madden hates Didn't everybody. Didn't we but... do a deep dive on it? And it, it was, was like the most. It was a really small offense. Yeah, something... and not even against Mark. No, it was personally. just in general. But that, you know, that's that's how how Mark operates. So it's not surprising. But other than that, I don't know anybody who has a bad word to say about him. I mean, look, he had his eccentricities. And if you had to work with him all the time, then you had to deal with a lot of those eccentricities. But by and large, these are the kinds of figures that make Steeler history so just rich and colorful oh, yeah. and great. And just being like when I hear Myron's voice, I think of the 1970s in Pittsburgh. Super Bowl Steelers. Yeah. yeah. I think of Fakir Brown. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> who was that guy, the quarterback who allowed it? Faker Brown? 35? Fuck it, fuck it. Huh? Fakir Brown. Fakir Brown? F-A-K-H-I-R? Is that the guy? Did I have the guy right? That's, 35? That's the faker. <laughs> you, you can just call him Brown. Uh, <laughs> How about Hillgrove trying to steer that back on the rails? Yeah. Throw fake. Oh, we didn't say the other word. We said fake. <laughs> uh, great to hear Dunks' voice there, too, and Myron's. Um, <laughs> Myron's probably annoying him right now. <laughs> hey, Dunks, come over to this cloud. Uh, thanks very much to uh, Sean Casey for joining us. And uh, Sean Collier. Sean, what's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm oh, gonna, okay, I'm, getting into pimp. Okay. I'm going to go see Everclear at uh, the Meadows tonight. <laughs> well, wow. Well, uh, it, if, how many how many hit songs does Everclear have? Oh yeah, four or five. Do they? Father of Mine. That's the other one I was thinking of. Oh, by if you like a band when you're 15, you'll go to see them. Because oh, I first yeah. saw them at X Fest 2000. Wow. Is that when, the famous? Gene no. took Jimmy's you. Chicken Shack. The, the, that story uh, from Gene was uh, two years earlier, uh, Green Day and the Boston's in 98. Whenever Clear was on, they complained on stage about not headlining over Stone Temple Pilots. Wow. Everclear? Yeah. They thought that they should have gone last. That guy has no friends. Archelius? Is that how you say his Alexicus. name? Alexicus. Alexakis? I don't know. He doesn't have the friends he was with in 2000. It's This is one of those. Oh. It's him and some other guys. Mm. The yoy of that band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the yoy of Pittsburgh Rock. The Clarks, tomorrow yeah. night, yeah. stage AE with uh, Sun King Warriors, Jim Donovan, Sun King Warriors, who are, I mean. So fun to They watch. are so fun to watch. This yep. is a great double bill, as uh, Blazy said earlier in the week when we spoke with them. Get your tickets now. It's uh, only $20.22. Commemorating the Let It Go album from 2002? Or no, 2000. 
I think it was released in 2000, and they were going to do the 20th anniversary two years ago. And then... That's right. COVID. COVID. Yeah. Uh, COVID. And then, <laughs> boom. It brings back that... I, I just listened to it again recently. I'm like, oh, this brings back such a good memories. Yeah, he wasn't fond of chasing girls, or he says, like, ah, I love that. I always love that tune. I guess lyrically, it's not his favorite thing. The letter on that record, the letter is, I love that. It's one of my favorites. All right, so they're going to play that entire yes. album. Listen yeah. to that album today. In its entirety, tomorrow night at Stage AE, and we'll see you all there. That's it for us. Uh, Michelle's out today. Chris is in next with the electric lunch at noon. Did I forget anything else? No? Thanks, Sean Casey? Did you oh, yeah, I think, well, no, I think yeah, I did you say did. All right, yeah, we're good. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Ah! You always say ah at the end of the ride. You mother We're trying to make your trips to the gas pump 